quick note up front. Um, this is something we also addressed kind of later in the episode, but later than I was hoping for us to do. But if you're confused why we didn't nominate Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, or any Judas and the Black Messiah stuff for this episode, it's because we're actually going to be counting it for our 2021 podcast review year so don't expect any of them to be nominated they will more than likely if we're still doing this pod be nominated in the upcoming year when we're reviewing 2021 episodes and giving out awards then um didn't want people to be listening to supporting actor or best acting categories and just being like what the heck uh so this will hopefully stifle any anger about that without uh listening to it already all right enjoy the show And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Welcome all to The Great Movies Pod, a show where we watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Dylan Cuellar. I'm Jana Gardner. And I'm Nick Fulton. But today is the big day. We're discussing none of the movies in Roger Ebert's book, but we are discussing the movies of 2020. We're doing a review. We're doing a recap. We're going to start off with some paper plate awards and then go through the major awards that you would normally see uh, during a any Oscar ceremony or something. And we're going to give you our picks. Um, so the way we kind of played this out is... Uh, all three of us got five nominees in the um, categories of screenplay, scene, the two supporting acting categories, the two leading acting categories, director, and picture. Well, picture, we all had ten, but we did picture a little differently. We combi- We have combined all the ideas that we came up with into a, about... 9 to 11 usually honorable mentions and we're going to be able to talk through them as we go and then for picture we're going to do a sort of round table countdown together on that stuff um so how are you guys feeling about today good good feel perfect <laughs> i so a little background like all week i've been like super hype about this episode and and dylan was all anxious about it and then for some reason i woke up this morning all of a sudden with all of the <laughs> anxiousness about it being like what if my picks are bad and what if we don't agree and now i i have all the uh pre-episode jitters all at once but i'm i'm excited i'm still hype it's gonna be great yeah no, I've I've been doing another podcast for um for years now and i always say that my favorite episode is the year end one where we just no no other agenda, no other topic, just talking about well, stuff that was good from that year. It's fun. And it's it's always, those yeah. are my favorite, I was telling Dylan this too, these are my favorite podcast episodes to listen to. Like that's they're always, the, Yeah, they're like know. the only ones I ever re-listened to. Exactly. They're, they're yeah. good to go back to. And it kind of feels, it kind of feels like a reward in some ways of like, we've put in the work, we've been watching these movies, we've been reading these essays, we've been talking about them, some great movies, some less great movies. And then this is kind of like the reward where we pretty much just get to talk yeah. about stuff we liked. And it's a chance to get as mad as possible uh, at the hosts of the podcast that you love for either including things that That's you don't true. like or not including things or, oh, That's they had true. this at three instead of one. 
Yeah, you can get really into the weeds with it. We'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully I don't get too much blame because it's just we're reading out oh. the nominees in no particular order. Right. This time. Yeah, to, to be clear, we all sort of collectively submitted our, our nominees, our picks, and we're just going to discuss them as a group. Like mm-hmm. anything Dylan reads For out. what the winner yeah, is. Yeah, and decide sort of. Yeah what we think but no anything dylan reads out he is not reading out a ranked list of uh anything at this point uh but we are going to start with some paper plate awards um mainly just silly stuff i kind of did specifically bad stuff from the year just as a little hee-haw joke um before we get into like the real good stuff but um so each of you have three paper plate awards as well I have four, I, actually. I, yeah. threw a, I threw a bonus one on uh, this That's morning. Funny. Good, good for you, because I sat down to do this and looked at my handwritten notes and saw that I had two, but I just came up with a third one. So no worries. I'm, <laughs> I'm catching up. Yeah, Jen is totally not just writing something down right now. No. Um, how about we start with Nick, then, if Nick's got four. Nick, give us yeah. your first paper plate. Uh, my first one is Best Cow, and that is Evie the Cow. From First Cow. We'll hear more about First what Cow. A cow. But uh, Evie's not really up for any of the other awards, the more traditional mm-hmm. acting awards or uh, screenplay. So um, she gets the special honorary Best Cow Award. Fair enough. Um, was there any other cow this year at all? Yeah. If there was, they didn't hold a candle to the performance of Evie the Cow. <laughs> I, I'm true. now trying to. I'm just. I'm just doing a quick fact check, scrolling through my list. I do not think there were. There were some. Is there a cow in Baccarat? <sighs> that. There probably was. There could have been. There's. And there probably was a, one in the nest too. There's horses in the nest. There's a goat in Palm Springs. There's definitely some oh. animals in Baccarat. That's a good goat. It's a great goat. Um, <laughs> but I don't think. I can't picture another cow. I, I think Evie takes it in a walk. There's no cow as good as Evie throughout exactly. all of film history, yeah. though, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Jenna, let's go over to you for your first paper plate award. Okay. Um, so I <laughs> I did um, sort of I, – I realized with my paper plate awards, I kind of went uh, very high concept. Um, but I had best movie that I fell asleep watching the first time I tried to watch it, and then I realized it was a masterpiece upon second watch. And it was a tie between both Tenet and Vast of Night, <laughs> two movies that I... How did you... Those are both I, very exciting and gentle-inducing movies. I know. And yet both of them, I made it in 20 minutes, fell asleep, woke up the next morning and was like, this is a masterpiece. What was I think? I get sleepy at night, guys. <laughs> um, but also, this is, a, this is related. Both movies that I felt so strongly about, I was like, I'm going to turn off all the lights and recreate the movie theater experience. And when you're doing that on your couch at home after a long week of work, it turns out it's uh, maybe a little bit dicey. It's too comfortable as opposed to movie theater seats, which uh, in my experience are wildly uncomfortable. Just the most uncomfortable. Oh, he's got a Pelly cameo. Hey, Pelly. Hi. Yeah. She wants to go out. Aw. (laughs) She never, like, sticks her head up like that. That was surprising. Yeah. She heard we were talking about movie animals. And, uh, That's true. She she wanted she wanted best podcast dog, and I yeah. think we can give it to her. Sounds good to me. Okay. You're up, Dylan. Uh, so my first paper plate award is going to be worst needle drop for this sweet Caroline needle drop at Midnight Sky. I have not seen Midnight Sky, and that does yeah. not make me want to do so. Yeah. That's. That- 
yeah that's a great uh that's a great category because it really dovetails well with i don't know if you saw me give a look like uh oh um because my next paper plate is actually best needle drop Ooh. oh great and it's uh john carpenter's night from baccarat Which, so I'm going to s- table this because this comes up in a later category. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that is. Oh, all right. So, all right. I, I would uh, agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you know, Nick. I yeah, support yeah. that, though. Yeah. I, yeah. So we're going to. I, I love that, but we're going to we're going to hold off. Per- on that Perfect. One for perfect. A yeah. I'll just say fist pumping at that moment. Like the, the just. Oh, my God. Tune, just absolutely insane. The tune rocks. Yeah. Okay. Just um, just quickly, in case anyone's listening who may not be familiar with what Baccarat is, I realize that for some of these, we might just want to uh, for some of the lesser seen movies. It's possible that people aren't familiar with Baccarat. Um, it was a. Uh, Brazilian? Brazilian, um, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brazilian film came out at the very beginning of 2020. It's awesome. It's on Criterion yeah. Channel and streamable elsewhere. Um, and people we'll can hear, check it out. We'll hear more about it later yeah. in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Just, just want to make, don't want it to sound like we're saying nonsense words. <laughs> people mm-hmm. are like, back yeah. to what? Um, <laughs> all right. So my my next paper plate award, I went more Dylan's route with a, with a negative, And I did worst scene. And worst scene. Oh, um, is the, yeah. I know. I, I went this direction. There's so many. Yeah, I know. This is an obvious choice for me. Um, I've already complained about this one. It's the "Give It Some Zazz" scene from the prom, which is the oh. Nicole Kidman mm. Bob Fosse knockoff scene that made me so angry <laughs> that I had to like pause the movie and walk out of the room, <laughs> take yeah, a few I deep breaths. That sounds terrible. Uh, guys. It's now my turn to be like, I didn't want to see that movie originally and even more so now. It's, no. it's just, it's so bad. I'm actually, I have a, I have a quick visual aid, which is not going to help our listeners, but so that you guys can see what I'm talking about here. Are you going to like share screen or something? I'm just going to show you on my background. Okay. So this is. <laughs> oh, no. Right. So what they can see that you guys can't see is this film just completely knocks off one of the best scenes from one of the best movies of all time and does it really, really terribly. Um, And it offended me deeply and in my soul um, when they do this sort Mm -hmm. of older woman, younger woman dance down the stairs in the style of all that jazz. And oh, my God, it's so bad. I like Nicole Kidman. But what 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 was happening? I hate that. The prom was bad. Um, Don't watch the prom, people. Wow. Wow. Okay. Back to neck. Um, yeah. Oh, we need no, to reset. Yeah, it's on Dylan. Hmm. Oh, it's on. Okay. Yeah. So um, I went with most terrifying movie scene of the year award. And I think this goes to the Republican kid with the Reagan doll in Boy State. Because that was absolutely horrifying. I still didn't see Boy State. It seemed like it was yeah. going to stress me out too much. It For the same reason. I just. I can't do Oh, so neither of you have seen Boy no, State. I can't do that right now. It's yeah. gonna take. There's one years. Republican kid who has like a, a has a Reagan doll that like you press it and it like starts speaking his speeches. <laughs> I guess there are worst um, worst things that you know 
could be a Trump doll, I guess, but that's still no good. Yeah. One of my uh, yeah. one of my attendings in training during 2016 got a Trump doll, and he showed it to me, and he's like, "Look at how funny this is," and I thought he was doing it like mocking him, uh, based on like what I knew about that guy, and it turns out. Uh, what I knew about that guy was mistaken. Oh no! Yeah, oh, no. yeah, because <laughs> it was even like, <laughs> "Look at this stupid doll!" Is how I thought it was, and then uh, a few weeks later, I came to learn that no. Uh, so that was very upsetting. Yikes. Yeah, so that is just as terrifying in a documentary f- setting as it is in a <laughs> yeah, yeah. work setting. Yeah. Fair so moving back to Nick, another paper plate. Yes. Uh, so this is a way that I was able to cheat and we're doing best scenes. And I was able to get rid of one of my scenes by having a best action scene. And that is the Freeport fight sequence or sequences really from um, from Tenet, which are awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that movie rocks. Yeah. And those fight scenes mm-hmm. are so good. They're so they're so yeah. good and they're so weird. Like, right. It's it's. <laughs> It's weird in the way like wuxia fight scenes are weird where people just like kind of jump and do things that aren't possible. Right. Uh, that's part of why Tenet kicks so much ass. Yeah, complete defies <laughs> physics, like just, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, good. Very yeah, good. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jana, what's your, what's your next story? All right, so this is my last one. And this is just um, Biggest Surprise. Um, which was a movie that I said I wasn't going to watch, and I caught caught up with this past week, which was King of Staten Island, a movie that I really liked, that I thought was good. Oh wow! Yeah, that that that's the big plot twist here. I I was going to watch it at the beginning of the year, and then I was like, I'm not watching a three hour long movie starring Pete Davidson. Like life's too short. That's um, where I am still. And so then it turns out that when yeah, like save. I just it just started on HBO. Like I was just. It was after dinner. Matt was doing work. I was just sitting on the couch. It just started. I was like, well, I'll, I'll give this a chance. And then I watched it all the way through to the end. And it was pretty good. Um, I probably shouldn't have been that surprised. I really liked Funny People, the three-hour-long mm-hmm. Judd Apatow, Adam Sandler movie. So I, I probably shouldn't have been so surprised. But um, yeah, kind of like funny, sweet. Um, I don't like Pete Davidson any more than I did to begin with. But um <laughs> But Marissa Tomei is fantastic in that movie. Steve I've heard Shelley, her and Bill, like really Bill Burr. Both. Bill Burr is really good yeah. in it. Um, I don't. I don't even always love him. So, yeah, if if it floats across your TV, it's not not a bad way to spend a couple hours. Um, but you know, okay. that, but biggest surprise compared to my expectation of thinking that I would just be repulsed to being kind of charmed. Oh, nice, good. All right, so it's back to me. Yep. Worst relationship decision ever. Kristen Stewart sticking with Mackenzie Davis instead of running away with Audrey Plaza in The Happiest Season. That is literally the only thing I know about Happiest Season is how furious Same. everybody was about that. Um, <laughs> like the couple ending up together in the end. Uh, she she deserves better. Um, Kristen Stewart always deserves better. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Kind of true. Um, so, Nick, you have your last paper plate award? Yeah, my last one, just because um, I've realized that we're not doing a best cinematography category. Okay. So now I get to just declare this is the best cinematography, and uh, nobody okay. can argue otherwise. But it's uh, Leonardo Simois's cinematography from Vitalina Varela, which is mm. just some of the most astounding um, 
like film photography I've seen every I mean I think I sent you guys just like I started taking random pictures of the screen while I was watching it mm-hmm. like true true yeah truly random I was just like all right in a few minutes I'll take another one and every single one looks perfect yeah 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 awesome um, awesome awesome movie, movie I wasn't able to get to this year but uh, looks great. I'm excited to watch it at some point. I'm yeah, sure I think I it's on Criterion. Uh, if it's mm-hmm. not, it was, so it'll yeah. certainly yeah. be back. For sure. Um, all right, so that's Paper Plate Awards. Moving right along into screenplay. Okay, we have 11 nominees in screenplay, so... That's actually... Keep these all in your head. That's, that's actually, a lot. For, that's a, uh, we're, all throwing in fifth, we're all throwing in five, so... That's a lot of overlap. That's not bad. Well, we didn't all throw in Some five. of us threw in six. Oh, oh wow. no. It, went, it might have been ten otherwise. Oh, well. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, all right. In best screenplay, we have Nomadland, First Cow, Minari, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Promising Young Woman, Another Round, To Five Bloods, The Assistant, On the Rocks, Emma, and Vast of Night. That's All right, so where do you guys want to start this discussion at? Really good list. Um, it's a great freaking list. Actually, can I ask you a favor, Dylan? When you read, and you don't, you can cut this out of the podcast if you want to. Um, can you copy paste the list like into the chat or oh, something? I Just because I already forgot. I was trying to write them down, and I can't yeah, if you just copy paste them into the chat, them. then that would probably be the easiest way to do that. So we can yeah look at them. What were? Do we want to say which ones got multiple um, noms? Um, I honestly don't even know off the top oh, okay. of my head. Okay, that's fine. Um, but, I mean, we uh, kind of can in that, like, I mean, we're all here. <laughs> I was gonna say we're all yeah. here, yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, I see through, you know. Or to be fair, I kind of listed these in order of the fir- the top ones were the most expected to the bottom ones were like ooh that's a fun pick sure. mm-hmm. yeah i will say um, and you know oh, i guess we're back probably talking on podcast now um <laughs> emma was a late cut for me you like literally watched me cut emma off of my oh, really? list but i i did have it there. i saw you cut emma <clears throat> when emma was on my list yeah. and i was like it's still okay so i well, <laughs> we're good emma's in yeah i so i did a originally a adapted and a original and so i had okay. 10 and then had to cut it down because I um, cannot, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm glad I was on there. It's good, good screenplay. Yeah, it didn't quite Great make screen. my list, but it's it was close. It was something I considered a lot. Mm-hmm. Emma like just barely didn't make the cut for a lot of categories for me, and I feel bad because I I really enjoyed that movie and I thought it was kind of underrated. Uh, a lot of people, I agree with. A that. lot of people didn't go for it for whatever reason, or I got like middling reviews, and I thought it was a really fun movie. Yeah, it's a really it's fun great. movie. Yeah, it was, it was, I literally was like in the process of buying tickets to go see Emma in the theater the weekend when all of a sudden it was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to go to a movie theater this weekend. I'll just, I'll just wait a week, see what happens anyway. <laughs> Poor Emma. God. Poor Emma. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so where do you guys want to take this discussion? Where should we start? Um, great question. I mean, there, there's all good. There's nothing on here that I object to um yeah <laughs> i guess is one way of putting it there's nothing that i'm like how dare somebody um fantastic <laughs> screenplays we talked a lot dylan on our oscar reactions podcast about nomadland um and like what a good screenplay and what a good adapted screenplay it is because of how sort of unusual 
it is that it sort of recreates these people's lives. <laughs> so it's like mm. sort of an mm -hmm. adapt. It, it is an adaptation of a nonfiction book, but it's also just sort of them adapting their lives too, um, which I think is is pretty interesting. I think it's the most impressive screenplay, but I don't think it's my favorite screenplay. Yeah, the one thing sure. I wasn't sure about that one is sort of like, um, to I mean, to a lesser extent, the Borat nomination. Uh, like, how much of this is uh, improv or, or ad libbed? Right, sort of written on the day kind of thing. That's always a good question. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. She's got. That's what I like about her style a lot is that it feels kind of free-flowing, but I don't know how much of it actually is. Like, did she just let these people kind of go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fair question. Um, so yeah. who did you guys have ranked number one in this uh, group? I had Nomadland. Yeah, I had Nomadland. And what did you have, Nick? I had First Cow. I had First Cow as well. Okay. Yeah, First Cow is like a close second I think for me. Yeah, I think cover to cover, the script of First Cow is excellent. I really love the way they wrote the opening scene of First Cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I the mean, way they wrote all of First Cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the thing about First Cow, it's extraordinarily well-structured. Um, like you said, that sort of opening scene um, and and just throughout. And then it's just for such a quiet little movie with these, like, quiet little moments. It doesn't have, like, flashy dialogue it doesn't have like sort of flashy sequences but it's just sort of a well well constructed sweet little movie i'd be curious about the book i don't know anything about yeah i know based on. i don't know how, what, yeah how much of the adaptation came into it um on the on the original screenplay say i would have said never rarely sometimes always as my other sort of favorite of the year mm -hmm. um i know nick's not as high on that movie as i think we are though yeah the screenplay isn't um like really i think the screenplay is better than it's not what i have a problem with um well okay i don't know i'm thinking about it more than that may not be entirely true uh yeah i, I really wasn't as high on that movie as a lot of people i think it's well directed and i will talk a little bit more about some things that i liked a lot of that movie and that i liked less but um yeah, it's, it, I don't think that one's that high for me. Another um, origi okay. original screenplay that I would want to push for is uh, Another Round, just because I think that movie... The the main performance by Mads obviously is like key, but I think after that it really needs to live and die by its screenplay because what they're doing is so absurd that you have to write that like pretty perfectly in order for it to make sense. Yeah, right. no. and be like believable the sort of arc, and especially the, the way the ending decides to take it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a real like balancing of tone uh, across another round. I think that is mm -hmm. really that's a good way seems to put impossible it. to manage, and yet somehow it does. I feel like I felt the tone balance more, and sort of like the way the camera shot the movie. And it's sort of direction more than the screenplay, sure. but that's an interesting. Yeah, that may be fair. I mean, yeah, it's the whole. It's kind of that's kind of the whole thing. Jana, do you want to um, try to push for Vast of Night to win Best Screenplay uh, here? I mean, I don't know that I'd push for it to win, but I just I, I wanted to make sure it was included on this list for me. <laughs> um, I mentioned it earlier. Um, I just it's so Vast of Night. If anyone missed it, it's on Amazon Prime. It's this like '50s sci-fi, tiny, tiny little movie about a small town DJ and a um, 
a telephone operator, like back when you had to switchboard telephones, um, who they like start hearing a weird signal and getting weird calls and maybe there's alien interference coming to town and it's basically set up like a little Twilight Zone episode, like been sort of bookended as like a Twilight Zone episode. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's very minimalist, mostly because it's just such a tiny movie, but it really, there's a couple of standout scenes, um, like one of a someone calling the radio station and telling a story, and then another later, oh one. God, and then another later when they go to somebody's house and have a conversation. Yeah, um, that's, that's ju- Right? Like, and so those were, a couple of those were uh, on sort of my long list for scenes of the year, because they really stuck with me, but um there's a lot to love in the movie, but ultimately where I wanted to make sure I mentioned it was just in screenplay because I think, you know, that's it's not all there is to it. It's pretty flashy visually, um, but it really lives and dies mm-hmm. by it really lives and dies by sort of you being compelled by these interesting stories people are telling. Um, yeah, sure. That's good. Well, to be fair, I think we, if, if Nick and I have first cow one and you have first cow almost one i think all in all that's got to be our winner um i got i'm glad we got to kind of talk in depth about some of the other screenplays but first cow what's your name king lou you call me cookie my mother died when i was born and then my father died i never stopped moving it's the getting started that's the puzzle. No way for a poor man to start. You have a cow. First cow in the territory. Same place for cows. Well, it's no place for a white man either. I sense opportunity here. First winner of the night. Good job, <laughs> right. first cow. Well, Evie was and the first actually, winner of the night. That's Technically, yeah, that's true. It's true. Already having a good run. All right. Somebody's so. got to give it a good run. Aw, yeah. I I really I mean thought, a lot of critics listed. I really thought yeah. it would might make it into screenplay. Um, same, same. I didn't I, think it would get anything else, but I thought it seems like the type of movie that would get a screenplay nod. Absolutely. <sighs> uh, yeah. Alas. Alas. Mm-hmm. So next we go to best scene. When you finish up a movie and you can't stop crying, so you call your mama and she thinks you're dying. Calls up an ambulance and when they come to get you and you tell them that you're okay, they say we still gotta feel ya. That's cinema, that's cinema, yeah. And this is gonna be a bit of a touchy subject because even the descriptions on some of the scene names are spoilers yeah and i don't know how oh, much i want to spoil these movies good point i'm realizing that like t- at least two of mine are sort of even vaguely described c- could be considered spoilers for plot points yeah but so we're gonna do our best with this especially uh the last one but and i'll i'll, I'll uh send the list as soon as i'm done reading them right the nominees and best scene are another round the finale scene to five bloods paul talks to norman to five bloods you will not kill paul <laughs> never really sometimes always the titular scene lovers rock silly games the assistant the visit to hr sound of metal the ending minari the almost ending <laughs> i think we all know what scene from minari specifically I'm, I'm but presuming yes mm-hmm. the one that takes place at the bar yeah yeah 
Dick Johnson is dead. The ending. <laughs> Soul. I don't know how to really describe this, but the piano scene where he sort of plays his piano and it kind of cuts to the pillow shots of like the world going on around him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the John Carpenter needle drop. <laughs> Nick. Yeah, baby. Jumping the gun. Nice. So good. And World of Tomorrow 3, the way the story of the Davids wrap up. Nice. Yeah, good. Man, so, so wait, how is, many did we have? Yeah, did, did we, we have, have any overlap? overlap? Twelve. Oh, Twelve. gosh. Okay. okay. So we had, a, we had a little overlap. To be fair, if there was any category that I decided to outright completely hedge knowing your guys' votes, yeah. this is kind of where I did it. Yeah, because I went <laughs> I, super, like, sort of obvious, I think. I think I still overlapped with each of you in one uh, thing, but I threw in the world of tomorrow, the back route, and the soul one because I thought um, I wanted to have them shout out mm-hmm. because they're not movies that don't really come up much mm-hmm. um, throughout the rest of the uh, episode. Nice. Um, so I will say my last cut was also from De Five Bloods, which was the landmine scene. Which, oh. oh yeah. Ooh, I kind of I kind of thought someone else would bring that one too. up. Um, Five Bloods, just so many, just like wow mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a massive snub in this one. Is no one did time the ending scene? So I, I thought that was a late about, cut for me. Um, I thought about that was one that. of my last cuts. But too. that was sort of a. I mean, sucks. so already we can't really talk about a lot of these because it's just like the ending, the ending. It was a year of the really ending, good ending, endings, ending. but like, yeah, really to time in particular. Like I just. I mean, you can't even talk about it. Um, right. If people haven't seen Time, the documentary. Um, yeah, and that's one I wouldn't want to get right. too into. Right, yeah, um, not really get into, but it's, yeah. Um, I know all, <laughs> we all connected with that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a oh, lot I just, of endings on here. A lot of I just endings. thought of another snub, which is uh, uh, American Utopia, Hell You Tom Bout. Mm. So that would have been mine if I counted that. Right. Um, but I decided not to uh count that or hamilton but otherwise that's that's maybe like the most moved i've Mm -hmm. i i was or have continued to be by like any anything from last year that i saw yeah that's fair yeah that would be on my list as well if i but i i also took it off my eligibility not I mean, we, we make our own rules. Who cares? Yeah, we do what we want. <laughs> but, but I, yeah. I yeah, and my eligibility, it. Hamilton had no place on this list. Sure. But American Utopia had every right to go onto this list. Fair so. enough. But yeah, that's that's another one as, as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys want to start off with the best scene? So I, I want to talk about a scene from a movie that I liked a lot less than yours and uh, a performance that I liked a lot less than yours. But I think... Um, that's that scene from never really sometimes mm-hmm. always uh is just so good and i'd had it spoiled had you guys had it spoiled for no. you no no i would even i'd even had sort of people refer to it and see like oh the titular scene that scene and i still did not really know how it was going to play out so i had it spoiled for me and it was still like incredibly affecting um and i was i was kind of shocked because like prior to that, I really wasn't liking. Um, wow, what's the actress's name? Uh, Sydney Flanagan. Sydney Flanagan. Yeah, Sydney Flanagan. I, I like this is absolute blasphemy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really didn't go for her performance in like the smaller moments. I I think she came off as kind of stilted, but in this scene, she's just so good. 
Um, she does a really good job of like playing this person who's trying to um, like not show what she's actually feeling and then just can't. Um, and the scene's so well written too. Like mm-hmm. I, I think the the screenplay also has a few issues, but this this like the way everything plays out here just feels so real that um, I, I was pretty I was pretty knocked out by by this scene. Yeah, I, I was gonna kind of bring up almost the opposite where um, you had a movie that you liked a lot more than me that kind of gives me the same vibe, which is the assistant the visit to HR scene, mm-hmm. which again is just a tough scene to get through yeah um yep. in a different sort of way um but yeah they're, they're kind of, I mean, they're yeah, kind again, of the writing the performances all of it melding together to yeah. just and like the perfect they're scene. they're similar scenes to each other basically in just that it's two people sitting in a room having a really uncomfortable conversation like that's mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. they're they're very similar in that way that's about the beginning and end of the similarities but um yeah it's just funny to compare it to some of our other um favorite scenes that are sort of like more bombastic or have like are like visually impressive it's like no these are just two people sitting in a room but the they're so well written and so well performed um and even though both of them are like just truly uncomfortable to watch like it didn't like they're so good that it sort of overcame my like discomfort with what was actually happening on screen Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm which is pretty good yeah it's interesting that both of those actually sort of come in the middle of the movie too Mm -hmm. it seems like the Mm -hmm. type of thing like uh for the never really sometimes always one i was under the impression that that's how the movie ended but it comes it comes maybe like 50 minutes in or an hour Mm -hmm. in or something like that and there's a whole like other there's a whole section now yeah part yeah there's a whole Mm -hmm. like thing that they have to do after that yep yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And same, yeah, same thing with the assistant. You would think that would maybe be how it culminated, and yeah. it's not. It's like that happens, and then she gets yeah, there pretty early. Yeah. There's a whole final act of now having to uh, move forward from Reckon there with yeah. what happened. Um, I kind of think in my mind, it's like we have our little um, intro the, of the, that cinema, um, and I think the two times I would have like said that cinema while watching a movie this year would have been Paul. Or you will not kill Paul scene mm-hmm. and the another round finale. I think that's kind of what the two it comes down to for me, which are a little bit more showy than mm-hmm. those other two scenes, which I feel bad about. Oh, seeing, no, no. I mean, I think... that's, you know, I mean, showy is not a, a negative here, especially when we are talking about sort of the most memorable yeah, but I th- or best Nick, scenes Nick of the year. Nick made yeah. a, such a good coise, case for never rarely, sometimes yeah. always a yeah. well, scene. The, the other one that I would push for probably would be um, the, the final scene from another round, which I sort of yeah. don't want to give away. Right. Yeah. No, it's please. another one that you can't, that I, I did not have I will, spoiled I will me. say this is the... Only one we all three overlapped on. Okay, I th- I feel like that should probably. That's the winner uh, then. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, so I, I just want to shout out before we move on because I I put in um the silly game scene from Lovers Rock. Which I, w- I wanted to do that yeah. too. I, I was actually going to go right to that. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, because Nick and you both did it, and it was also a, one of my last cuts yeah, when I had like ten written down. That's that's this out of all of these. I mean, understandably. Um, that's that's probably the scene I've watched the most. Um, the another round finale is catching up to it, but I saw Lovers Rock, you know, six months ago now, um, and it's just sitting on yeah. Amazon, and you can just watch it whenever you want, and it's it's a nice thing <laughs> to just sit and watch from time to time. So I've watched it a million times. It's it's so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it starts off so great, and then when they turn the music yep. off, and everyone just starts singing, yeah. and dancing to it's, it's just 
Yeah. It's like this whole feeling of community coming together. And it, by what the movie is about, it's ultimate scene for that movie. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Again, po- coming in the middle cinema. of it, though. Poetic cinema. There you truly. go. Yeah. But another round, the finale will win. Yeah. What a life. What a night. What a beautiful, beautiful ride. Oh, no. Which, uh, should quickly shout out, that is actually on the recent Vulture's Best Movie Endings of All Time list. Yeah. So. Not, not, not too shabby, considering it's only been out a couple of months. Um, yeah. But it's, it yeah. deserves to... And probably when it was written, it was probably, like, that weekend yeah, it, it came it, it out. Yeah, it deserves and... to go straight on a list like that, because it's so good. Yeah, it really is. All right, so we're going to move on to Best Supporting Actor. Let me I'm still I am still laughing, Dylan. I appreciate. So the, the list you sent us of the, the best scenes is like the uncensored version. <laughs> and I do appreciate yes. how you were able to censor a lot of these descriptions. <laughs> because otherwise... I'd especially censor the uh, World of Tomorrow 3. The is just absolutely I can't say that. Yeah, the world. Yeah, that. And then I just also enjoy um yeah sorry you're, I, I you're bleeping all this out that's fine um. <laughs> i really should do that oh my god <laughs> put a bleep on it yeah yeah um all right so uh we're gonna move over to best supporting actor in this case we have 10 nominees uh the nominees are paul rocky rassi did we ever come down on how it's pronounced because again we've heard it both ways but anyway joe from sound of metal Orion Lee from First Cow, because these two idiots won't let me put him in Best Lead Actor. Neither but did the Indie Spirit Awards. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that kind of Blame was a film breaker. independent. Yeah. David Stratham in Nomadland. Glenn Turman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Aldous Hodge in One Night in Miami. Bill Murray in On the Rocks. And now we got four absolutely insane nominees. And each of us have are at least represented once. Russell Crowe, True History of the Kelly Gang. That's right. Josh O'Connor from Emma. I almost did that. I almost put that yes! there. Yes, Nick! That <laughs> was my call. I was like, why is Josh O'Connor not getting anything? He's I almost, so fucking he's good so, He's so funny in that movie. That's a good pack. Thank you. Okay. I'm glad someone else was feeling on the same wavelength. All right. And then these are just absolutely insane. Jana, <laughs> Dan Stevens in Eurovision. Absolutely, as Alexander Lemtov, stand behind it. Most, is, that a, most, is that a Red Shoes reference? Most I, I haven't seen the Red Shoes, I don't know. He's a, a Russian the, singer in that movie. Oh, the, there's a German person that runs the theater in uh, the Red Shoes named um, Alexander Lemtov. Oh, interesting. Um, no, most, most charismatic performance in a movie okay. of the year like bar none he he's he's my number one on my list just fyi oh my god so. wow. but continue okay and nick's insane pick do, nick do you want to say it oh it's not insane at all have you seen this movie yet no oh it's a great performance it's listen it's an actor who everyone loves people have finally come around and realized that yeah. robert pattinson is awesome and he's yes! gr- <laughs> he's great in tenet 
Yeah. Very good. So oh, you, we you got were the gonna, you were, I, almost, I almost did a paper plate award for Robert Pattinson in Devil All the Time and his accent. <laughs> that brought us all so much joy at the beginning of the pandemic. That had been so good, Jenna. I know. Yeah. Uh, it was it was on my my long list. Uh, but yeah, no, I, okay. I, I didn't I didn't see him in that. I threw him in for Tenet though. I think he's yeah. I think he's wonderful in the movie. Yeah, that's not an, that that was not an insane pick at all. That was also on like my yeah. long list. So. Okay. So really, it's only my two that are truly insane picks um, from yeah. movies that only I saw and liked. But I yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm, I, I want to see Eurovision at some point. Same. I don't know if I'll yeah. get around to Wait, so you guys haven't even <laughs> seen Eurovision? Okay, so no. people like not not everybody likes it. That's totally fine. I've watched it like five times. It's so funny. Uh, we quote from it all the time. And sometimes I just watch the like YouTube clips of Dan Stevens' songs in that movie. It's so funny. Fair enough. It's, oh. Does he sing Husevik? No, no. Um, he sings, Is that Will Ferrell's character? Yes. Um, okay. Dan Stevens sings a song called Lion of Love in that movie. And where like people are like ripping off his shirt while he sings on stage and like flames are going up behind him. Oh, God. <laughs> just... Just a top-notch performance. Um, Sounds like Tony Wonder in Arrested Development. Sure, yeah, you know you're 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 not far off on the vibe there. Um, and then okay. yeah, I'll just shout it out because we won't talk about it anymore. But Russell Crowe in the True History of the Kelly Gang. I watched this yeah a year ago. Um, rewatched it a few nights ago. He's playing a guy named Harry Power, who's like a real Australian, like old-timey gangster type guy. Um, and he's just Russell Crowe and his like current Russell Crowness. He's just huge. He's got a big beard. Um, and yeah. he's one of those roles where he comes in, just totally steals the show for like 20 minutes, and then he's back out of the movie. Um, but he's great. That's what a great supporting yeah, actor should th- do. That's kind of what I was going for with a lot of my picks was, well, maybe one kind of, eh, I don't know. But I tried to go for really supporting performances yeah. here, which I think we all did. I'll- Aldous Hodge has about eighty percent of the screen time in I That's that's my fake one, but that's because with One Night in Miami, Which, I just don't know how you wait, break you did, those down. You, you guys did. both did Aldous Hodge in One Night in Miami. Nice standout <laughs> performance for me from the movie. Same. I I really think um, Kingsley Benadire also mm-hmm. is great, and I don't know if he made it onto your best actor list. I think he's more of a lead. Yeah, um, he, he's he didn't, probably the most lead of the four. Yeah, he yeah. didn't quite make my list. Um, right, he was just he was just off mine too. He's really good, and I, I think probably the, uh, that and I, I forget the actor's name who plays Ali, but they're sort of more leads, and um, mm-hmm. uh, Leslie Odom Jr. and Aldous Hodge are a little bit more supporting, or at least yeah. that's the way it felt to me. And I, I thought that Aldous Hodge like sort of stole the movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in his incredible. Perform- yeah, and his performance is so much smaller than like the Muhammad Ali performance in in a way that it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, and I mean, the guy that plays Muhammad Ali is playing Muhammad Ali. He can't go small that much. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like it, it, it needs to be that way, but like I don't, of those like four characters, I think we, like we collectively know a lot about um, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and sort mm-hmm. of like how they were in real life, mm-hmm. less so these other two guys, mm-hmm. um, at least for, for yeah. me personally. Um, and I, I thought that Aldous Hodge's uh, Jim Brown was just so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, yeah, he, he sort of was my standout. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know a lot about Jim Brown in real life and, and none of it is good. Um, but in some ways, well, that's same, actually... same, same with Sam Cooke. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is not, you know, this is not reflective on um, the performances or, or even really their, the, their, those people as they are portrayed in this movie. 
you know, Jim, Jim Brown would go on to have a um, troubled is an understated way of putting it life. Um, real, real violent. I think it's safe to say kind of bad man. But he's just so good <laughs> in this movie. And I think part of that actually kind of helped me appreciate his performance even more because I sort of went in being like, "Ugh, this guy. Um, and he still gives mm-hmm. such like a, a sympathetic performance. And, and it's a really interesting take on his, sort of his position and where he's coming from as opposed to the the other guys and sort of what he's trying to achieve with his career. So it's just, yeah, I just thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was at best sort of like the mediator between the other three who all had their Orin Soda struggle going on. Right. I'm, I'm just surprised when I was watching this movie that like out of everyone, Leslie Odom Jr. is the one getting yeah. awards nominations when it's like the other three are so much better than him. Yeah. And that's, that's the, Leslie Odom Jr. is still I, very good in the movie. I think... I think it's a couple of things. I think it's that one, like, people have already been Oscar nominated for playing both Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. So, like, yeah. that's that's sort of, like, I've been there, done that. And then it's the Hamilton glow, and he also sings the song in the movie. Yeah. And that, like, gets you she bonus points these days. Yeah, yeah, no, Leslie Adam Jr., a talented guy. Um, so I was also surprised, but I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Well, my personal pick, I think... I think Orion Lee is the best performance here, but Paul Rackey is the best supporting actor here. Because I still, I, I cannot see Orion Lee as a supporting character. And as a supporting performance itself, I'd, I'd say it's Paul Rackey. Um, you, would, you would have I will had say, Orion Lee in your lead category if we had let you do that? Yeah. Oh. And I would have probably had a win. Wow. Fascinating. I mean, when I originally... Uh, messaged Nick and was like, hey, you have a Ryan Lee in supporting, I have him in lead, what should we do? We we kind of both, just for a second before we got around to figuring out, we're just like, oh, Ryan Lee is so good! Yeah. Yeah. He's, whatever he is, he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, I, I think that I would also, I would uh, have your runner-up, which would be, no idea how to say his name, but Paul Racy. Yeah. Uh, or Rassy or Rocky or however, however it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just uh, like the absolute like, heart and soul of that movie. Mm-hmm. He seems like such a nice guy, but in a way that's also stern. And um, right. that movie, yes. that movie does not work at all without him. I don't think. Oh, I agree. I kind of think so. Yeah. Um, I, I I still think Jana, you the, everyone I talked to this movie about, I describe mm-hmm. him the way you described him on the podcast when we did the Oscar reaction, which was. He is the Mahershala in Moonlight of this movie. I, that yes. was the best. Yeah, yeah. That was the best uh, yeah. comparison I had ever heard. Yeah. And I was like that because he, he's he's in maybe a quarter to a third of the movie, mm-hmm. but he is everything to the heart and soul, especially of the person that's going through the struggle that's happening. Right, and that that that, that, that the lead of the movie. Right, is. yeah, and you can tell. He said even when he is just like. Mahershala's character in Moonlight even after his character leaves the movie like his presence is just it's just there and you can see mm-hmm. it you know in in Riz Ahmed's performance that he is sort of carrying with him everything that you know all their conversations all of his influence everything um and you really have to like I mean it's a testament to the the screenplay and the directing also but like the performance like that's you really got to sell that performance to make your character feel that important yeah and to be fair, the final interaction between the uh, Riz Ahmed and him was mm-hmm. one of my also final yeah. cuts when I had ten to twelve. It's I really cried through that. I, that was tough. I only didn't put that because I, I sort of was 
conflict. I sort of wanted to put both their first interaction and their last interaction on, and then I couldn't. It's so pick great one. to compare so, both of those, right? I couldn't pick one, so they both got left off my list. But they're those are two standout scenes. Yeah, and um, I think because he grew up in a family with, I think he, I read he grew up in a family with deaf parents. I believe mm-hmm. he's child and, of deaf adults. Yeah, yeah, and um, he's been part of that community. So I thought he brought a lot of that heart to this person that really does care mm-hmm. about that community. Oh, absolutely. Um, he literally has his own community of people mm-hmm. living with deafness. Yeah. Um, so, we you going to agree? It's Paul Rocky. Yeah. We can't agree how to pronounce right. his name, but we can agree yeah. that he's the best supporting actor. I've got a little uh, assignment for you, okay? You get up early, right? Yeah, pretty early, yeah. I'll have hot coffee waiting for you at 5.30. Early enough for you? I don't know, I guess. Okay, five. And I'll uh, provide a room for you. What for? And there's nothing that needs to be accomplished in this room. All I want you to do is just sit. All I ask is if and when you cannot just sit, you turn yourself to the pen and paper that I'm going to supply for you. And I want you to write. Doesn't matter what you write, how you write, whether it's spelled correctly, or if it's just a big mess. I don't care. No one will read it, okay? But I want you to keep writing continuously, without stopping, until you feel like you can sit again. Um, but um, before I'm just so happy to hear that Nick said Josh O'Connor was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, he's he's so good. I I didn't. It didn't occur to me to put him on my list, but I wish it had. That's that's a great call. Mm-hmm. One one thing that uh, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because we've done a whole episode about this movie, but I'm sort of surprised that David Strathairn didn't get more like awards. Yeah. Type nominations. It's the type of. Uh, he he seems like the type of actor who people would be like he's been around a while like he does good work. Yeah, he's we gotta, gotta give him something at least yeah. once, if not twice. No, just once. He didn't get nominated in, for Lincoln. Uh, good night. For good but night. he got nominated good for Good Night yeah. and Good Luck. Um, yeah, and he's been around forever. Um, and yeah, he's really fantastic. I don't know if it's maybe a little too small, but I thought, especially with how much success, like I said, we'll talk about Nomadland later. But um, how, especially with how much success that movie's had, I kind of thought he might get swept up. Yeah. It, so, mm-hmm. and again, perfect supporting role, supporting performance there. Yeah, from absolutely. David um, I guess my only other. So, I guess I had two sort of cheats on here because I had Aldous Hodge, who no, I think is supporting. But then um, I also had Bill Murray and On the Rocks. Um, yeah, which, I had Bill Murray and On the Rocks too. Okay, um, which I, I think is supporting. I don't think he's. I a, think he's supporting. Yeah, I don't think he's a, a co lead, but it's a. I, I, nobody saw On the Rocks like. <laughs> It got buried on that. That makes TV me really class. sad because I really liked that movie. It, yeah, I think Dylan, you, you and I are two of its biggest offenders, but it it got dumped on Apple. I think TV. I probably am its biggest. Yeah, it got dumped on Apple TV Plus. Nobody knows they have that service if they have it at all. <laughs> Nobody's watched it. It's a really good movie with a really good, like a really good Bill Murray performance. Like speaking of of just charming and. Um, like, but being sweet, and he has some really funny and memorable, uh, a, a 
potential nominee for scene of the year also for me would be when uh, he gets pulled when, over. When he gets pulled over, exactly. <laughs> and his entire interaction with the cop who pulls him over like that. Oh, so funny. Um, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to shout Bill Murray out because no one saw that movie, but he was so good. Yeah. All right, moving on to supporting actress. We only have nine, so I think this wow. was one of our two categories that were under double digits where wow. we had the most overlap. Uh, our nominations for Best Supporting Actress are Maria Bakalova in Borat, Amanda Seyfried in Mink, Yeon Yoo Jung in Minari, Yeri Han in Minari, Talia Ryder in Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Olivia Cook in The Sound of Metal, Sonia Braga in Baccarat, Jessica Cressy in Martin Eden, and Swanky in Nomadland. Aw, Swanky. Oh, Swanky. That's a good one. I, I, I hadn't thought about that. I, I thought about it. I, I kind of unfairly disqualified the, the women in Nomadland since they're kind of just playing themselves, but that's, that's pretty rude to Swanky. She's fantastic. She was my nomination, and uh, she's my winner, personally. Nice. I think as far as a true supporting performance and the performance itself, um, sort of like Paul Rocky, she did exactly what I would look for in a supporting performance to do. I actually really liked, I think, Linda May. Is, is Linda, Linda May is the sort of other Yeah, Linda May's the friend other sort of who, one. like, she come, comes and goes from a couple of times, I think. I think yeah. I, yeah. I loved her. Yeah, it was sort of Swanky's discussion with, about her cancer that well, kind of yeah. won me over the Linda Swanky May. Swanky has sort of more of the emotional moments, but my mm-hmm. fa- happiest I am watching Nomadland is whenever Fern and Linda May are together because I'm just like, oh, you guys should just hang out all the time. <laughs> you just make each Try other those happy. those golf carts around. Exactly. So, but yeah. no, that's, that's a good call. I like that Swanky nomination. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I'm kind of out of the weeds on my personal favorite. Where, where do you guys land on sort of where your favorites are of this group? Um, yeah, this was an interesting category for me this year. Um, I'm actually surprised we have as much overlap as we do, because I feel like there's not a lot of consensus here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we have what? Oh, no, I guess we have three collectively Oscar um, crossovers, right? Bak- Maria Bakalova, yeah, Bakalova Amanda Seyfried, and Yoon Yoo Jung. Yoon Yoo Jung. Um, so, yeah. And no then one the- put Glenn Close as a ma. Mima or whatever. Mama, Mima. No, okay. alas, no. Um, Future Oscar winner Glenn Close. Ugh, my my entire exposure to that role continues to be one, just her terrifying visage on the movie poster, and then to the the clip that sort of went viral of her talking about neutral terminators, and I just cannot <laughs> engage beyond <laughs> beyond any of that. Um, so. Out of these performances, the only one I haven't seen is Jessica Cressy and Martin Eden. Martin Eden's one of my biggest, yeah. like, was on my top of my watch list all year, and I just never caught up with it. Um, is that you, Nick? Yeah, that was me. She's really good. Um, I She wouldn't be the one that I push for out of these, mm-hmm. but she's um, gives a really great performance in this movie. So did you you caught up with uh, Borat then? Because I just watched oh, it a few days ago. No, oh sorry, no, I did not catch up with that. With oh, Borat. Okay. I just I okay. feel I feel like I, I have a sense of what that performance is, and maybe I don't. To be fair, maybe it'll be a revelation when I finally watch it. Um, but I've obvi- I've seen tons of clips of her and Borat. Yeah, so you probably okay. do. Oh, have no. a, a good oh, sense of it. Um, I think she's probably not the one I would push for, but she almost is. Uh, and I sort of 
she's the one who I'm rooting for to win. Uh, if only because Yoon Yoo Jung, I think, would be um, my favorite of these. And mm-hmm. I, I was shocked that she got a nom. Mm-hmm. I will be even more shocked if she wins. I would mm-hmm. love it if she won. Um, but I think she's by far the odds on favorite on Gold Derby to win. Is she really? Yeah, that I is... would take I would I would take that. Bet. I would, yeah, I would take that bet, too, because that would be I mean. <laughs> Man, I feel like if she wins, then then maybe we're looking at a Minari Best Picture. Um, but I would, yeah, I would, I would be uh, quite surprised yeah, if she won. That'd be amazing. I can see the path for Maria Bakalova to get a win, and mm-hmm. I think that would be fucking hilarious. It would be hilarious. It would be awesome. <laughs> it would just be so funny. the The Academy doesn't really tend to. Um, They'll throw a nom, but not give a win for performances like this. Uh, I'm kind of reminded of like Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids. Like she got the nom, in no way was she ever gonna win for Bridesmaids. Um, mm-hmm. And I sort of feel like that's where this is. But the the Oscar um, pool this year is kind of weak. There's like you said, there's not really a good consensus for this. Yeah. So and she's won stuff. People and people really like her. Um, in her performance. So I could see her mm-hmm. actually winning. Um, mm-hmm. But for me personally, I think it's, it's Yun Yu Jung. Yeah. So uh, Nick, thir- so far there are 13 people on the experts page of gold derby that has submitted their predictions and seven of the 13 have Yu Yun Jung as the winner. It's fascinating. Everyone else is two, two, one, one. Wow. Interesting. I mean, Maybe I'm just too pessimistic in assuming that it's going to be yeah. close. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, this this has to be the most open, wide open category, I think, though, right? Of, mm-hmm. of yeah, and it, I, is, it is. I, anyone could win from that category. And I literally be that, anyone that surprised. could win. I think it's going to be a Glenn Close, but that, that it could just be being cynical. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, second up, I think I might want to support Sonia Braga from Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> I. So I rewatched the like first act of Baccarat the other day, um, and like just from the very beginning, she's so good. Like her performance she's is insane. she's insane in that movie. Um, she's just giving a crazy over the top performance, but it's the intensity level is like up to eleven, but it's so fantastic. She's probably my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, she's. I she love that movie. she was my last she was my last cut for yeah. uh, Maria mm-hmm. Bakalova actually. Yeah, yeah okay. she's she's very high. She was the first one I put down, because um, yeah, that was just a standout performance for me. Um, also, though, do want to shout out Talia Ryder in Never Really, Sometimes, Always. So I know we talked about this a little bit. She plays the best friend. I I like Sydney Flanagan's performance more than Nick does, but I I still think the Talia Ryder performance is is better. Um, I she's absolutely really, yeah. she's I, I, really she, fantastic. She was she was one of my noms, and and yeah, she was one of only two people here that all three of us put down. Oh, okay. The other one was Union Jung, so I think it kind of will come down to one of one those, of those two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think she's and the thing about her is she's really flown under the radar. Like that movie mm-hmm. itself has flown under the radar uh, award oh. season wise, but mm-hmm. I don't think she's gotten anything, and she or she maybe got one she... nom. Has a she has a film independent um, okay. nomination, but so do both 
uh, Yeri Han and <laughs> Yu Jung Hyun. So um, I, you know, I don't think she's gonna win that. But um, she, yeah, she did get a, a film independent nomination, so that's fantastic. Nice. So. This feels like we have the least consensus of any category so far. Which is funny, even though we had a lot of overlap. <laughs> it's just yeah. we're yeah. all kind of like, oh, they're all good. I don't know. There's just not that one front runner like some of the other categories mm-hmm. so far. Um, Jana, between Yoon Jung and Talia Ryder, which way would you lead? Uh, um, I'm going to cynically just say Talia Ryder because, you know. <laughs> I really didn't want you to do that. Because it looks like <laughs> Yoon Yoo going to, she has an Oscar nomination. She's she's going to maybe win an Oscar. Um, yeah, that's but true. But if you, if you want to give her our award, too, we can do that. Um, but they're both they're both really excellent. I'm I'm fine with Talia Ryder getting this because what like you said nobody's giving her attention. If this is this this can if this is the least she gets, um, I think she at least deserves to get whatever our award our unnamed uh, exactly award is uh, a Grady <laughs> a Grady <laughs> a great movie award an Ebert. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I kind of think I'd prefer. I love both of them so much. But uh, I'm 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 down for saying Tolly Ryder, you're the best. Excellent. Better than all the rest. Excellent. So how was it? What do you mean? Like, what was it like? It's kind of whatever. Were they nice? Nice enough. Did it hurt? Just uncomfortable. How do you feel now? Tired? Trust? It's like a bug. Yeah, yeah. really pulley. Yeah. A delicious one. It's probably bad for your health. Oh yeah, so it's good for the soul. It's kind of all that grease, you know. All that grease. <laughs> Okay, so on to Best Director. Um, We have 11 nominations. And let me just... Got some fun ones here. Uh, Our 11 nominations in Best Director. Uh, Nominees are Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. Kelly Reichert, First Cow. Lee Isaac Chung, Minari. Steve McQueen, Lover's Rock, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, Thomas Vinterberg, Another Round, Kitty Green, The Assistant, oh crap, I didn't write the full names of these people, I just have their last names, Mendoka and Dornelis in Baccarat, I was supposed to write their full names. I I felt very bad as soon as I put them on the list, because I was like, (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce these names, sorry Dylan. Yeah, and and they both I think have three named uh, it's, it's, like it's, three names it's in their true. names. It's it's 
Kleber Mendonca and Filho Juliano Dorneas, I think. I'm, Portuguese is not a language that I have any familiarity with. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Portuguese, Pedro Costa and Vitalina Varela. Julia Hart in I'm Your Woman. Jana. Yeah. I'm ready <laughs> that to was talk your about big I'm Your movie. Woman. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And lastly, Garrett Bradley in Time. It's a good list. It's yeah, a good it's a good list. list. For for time, if we did an editing award, it'd be like hands oh, down, hundred like, percent, easily. I think editing. I did. I I did. I did the Garrett Bradley in time, and mm-hmm. I think I only did that because there was so much work in putting this together, mm-hmm. this whole story. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had the editing category, I would have left her off director and uh, recognized the movie more in the editing. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's a really good call. Um, yeah, I'm glad you did that. So did yeah. we get all of the Oscar noms then? Uh, Chloe Zhao, Leah Zikchung, Vinterberg. And Emerald Fennell. Emerald Fennell. Who, Wait, we're missing somebody. Oh, were missing uh, we, one. Uh, Fincher. Right? Oh, oh, Fincher. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, I, David Fincher. I can't believe that Fincher made a movie that I am not nominating in a top I know. five best I, that, director. That feels but... weird that that's what we're leaving off. Like if you yeah. a year ago had been like these five people have Oscar nominations and this is the one you're not going to agree with, um, and it was David Fincher, that would be yeah. a wild choice. Yeah, weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we also just like the Academy snubbed Regina King, so that's tough. We did. Um, so I. <sighs> I think like I think she did a really good job with the movie. It's just that the directing does not super stand out yeah. to yeah. me. Um, but I mean that's not that is not a that is not a knock at all. Um, you know, I just only had five names, and so yeah, same. Yeah, it, it, it's it's well directed. It's just not the top tier of direction. Yeah, for me. and if there was like a first film award or something or you know directorial debut you know like she could be in the running for that. she'd lose to lee isaac chong <laughs> well or... yeah good emerald finale's on my list <laughs> like kitty green yeah there's a lot of uh, not yeah. a lot of first time nominees here mm-hmm. actually yeah um so man I, I don't i don't really know where to start uh well, so the th- I, I do want to quickly ask you about I'm Your Woman. Sure. Jenna. So I will say I'm looking at this list and we've either already talked about all these movies or we'll continue to talk about them. Uh, spoiler alert. We're going to keep talking about I'm Your Woman. Um, <laughs> so I've talked about this movie on the podcast a few times. Um, it's really fantastic. I'm really bummed at how much it sort of flew under the radar because it's it's also just like a really like it's a very easy to watch movie. It's not like <laughs> it's a, an action thriller kind of and like just that nobody saw it. I feel like this it's it's a it's kind of dark you know it's about this woman sort of discovering her her life and um you know there's i I had a nominee that was going to go in best scene for this as well there's a scene that takes place at a nightclub that is pretty remarkable um but julia hart um is a director that i've liked for a while she made a movie a few years ago called the keeping room that was a civil war period piece about a bunch of women sort of held up and hiding out from soldiers at the tail end of the civil war um and yeah this movie it's really good i'll talk about it some more but just directing wise um it's like it's brisk it it looks great um and it just sort of tells this story in a way that i found just so watchable um, with some really fantastic performances. So 
nobody watched I'm Your Woman, but it's sitting on Amazon Prime. If you feel like checking it out, it's a super fun watch that I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also, so I'll also mention I put Emerald Fennell here for Promising Young Woman. She's also an Oscar nominee, so it's not like... I need to give her necessarily any more attention. No, but I think this is one of the first. Yeah, uh, I had it in screen. I had it in screenplay also. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, but um, I knew I'd keep talking about it. So I also (laughs) didn't feel the need to harp on it there. Promising Young Woman is a very divisive movie. I completely understand why. Um, But it really, really, really resonated with me. And it really, really, really worked for me. Um, and I think the directing is a big part of it because, and I think if you don't like it, you probably think it's terribly directed. It depends on if the tone tracks for you or not. Um, Mm -hmm. and it really worked for me. I think she pulled it off. Um, a lot of people don't and that's okay, but it just worked for me on basically every level. So we'll talk about it more. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Yeah. I think your comments about tone sort of steers me towards, um, who I would push for in this. And it it wasn't my favorite movie of the year. Um, But I think that um, we mentioned her earlier, just no Land is so much of Chloe Jaws Mm -hmm. directorial directorial vision that nobody else would make this movie the way she did. Yep. And and that's like knowing both this and uh what she did with the rider which is like a, a similar in a lot of ways uh movie and like how they were made um i i just really like her approach and like i said you you hand this screenplay and these actors to other people and you're getting like a totally different product yeah 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 she's my number one like actually, this is a for Nomadland. She's my pick. She is my number one too. Um, it just feels so. It's always so funny, and this happens rarely, but occasionally, where it's like she's she's gonna win the Oscar, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's it's just kind of funny to be like, yeah, I think she was the best director. This was the best directed movie of the year, and uh, I think she's actually gonna win the movie, win the Oscar. So that's neat. Yep, and uh, sounds good to me. Marking Nomadland as the yeah. winner. We're one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I and they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badland Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's going to come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. 
was just say, I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart. I'll see you again. She's great. I will say Lee Isaac Chung was a very close runner-up, especially because I don't know if we're going to have Minari win anywhere. We'll yeah. See, but. Yeah, we might not. We but. might. I mean, but it's, you know, and Minari, so Minari, I, like, he basically was like six on my list. Um, oh, there's okay. a lot of places where, um, like, Minari is, like, right, like, six on my list in a lot of places. And mm-hmm. I also yeah. didn't feel the need to make room for it because I figured you guys would make room for it. And so it would still be part and of the conversation. Did. So I was not... Because, worried. okay, so I'm trying to keep track of how many nominations each movie has gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, not, like, individually of us, but how many times it's popped up in each category. Mm-hmm. Minari is leading our nominations with eight. So oh, it's going well, uh, it's, it's to get irish man It's going to get irish Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. And it always happens. I, I don't have... Uh, I mean, some of these best pictures, you guys will add your own nominations to, so it's going to kind of change, but I don't really think... Nothing can overtake Minari as our most nominated film, and I... Sorry. Once you get two... Once you get two nominations in the same category, then that that always helps bump you up. Yeah. So thank you for letting me put uh, Yeri Han in supporting. (laughs) Yeah. And Tolly Ryder. Because I wouldn't have had room for her in lead, and so I wanted to make room for her in supporting, but yeah. I think she's yeah. supporting. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm, I don't think so. But uh, you and I, you, you guys in versus me have a very different I like supporting to, act. I like to demote people to supporting because the lead categories are so um, like highly competitive in supporting. Yeah. yeah. Is often less so, and especially this year. Especially this year, Yeah. Um, quickly before we move on to actor, there's one more director I want to talk about because I think his work on a f- picture that was so sort of like Nomadland, very not necessarily focused, but that's not a in a derogatory way of saying it, mm-hmm. but Steve McQueen and Lover's Rock, the way he was able to sort of balance and develop that film and these characters in this community was just excellent and really worth shouting out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we're moving on to Best Actor. This is, besides Supporting Actress, our most consensus category. Oh, with good Lord, and I, and I went off the chain in this one, so that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mine is, we felt, all, I felt very basic. Well, that's why I, I sort of... Nick, Nick kind of got all of you and I going just absolutely insane in this category. Well, I only kind of went insane with one. I, I did with Same. two, but that's all right. Okay, well... All right. Nominations and Best Actor are Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mads Mikkelsen in Another Round, Delroy Lindo in Da Five Bloods, Stephen Yoon in Minari, Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, Kingsley Benadire in One Night in Miami, Alan Kim in Minari, Hugh Jackman in Bad Education, Adam Brody in the Kid Detective, mm-hmm. and Nick's very excited for Janet doing that uh, that little shout out. I really, I really thought about doing. Oh, thank it. God. Okay, <laughs> I like. I almost swapped him out. That, that Dylan, that was the one I was going to swap out this morning, and then I was like, "No, have the courage of your convictions." Yes, and same with me and Josh O'Connor and Emma. Yeah. We, we both get Nick validating <laughs> our 
out of the box picks. <sighs> and lastly, even though this probably won't count now, David Byrne in American Utopia. Uh, I'll allow it. Yeah. I think I mean it, it it's a literal it's performance, a performance that he's doing. No, I think the thing with American Utopia um yeah, I I just I don't know because it's like is it a documentary? Like sort of yes, sort of no. Like it is a performance. It's like it's kind of like the Hamilton thing. It's not as kind of crazy as considering Hamilton a movie is. Mm-hmm. Um for some reason I have more leeway with american utopia but i love that pick i mean he gave one of my favorite performances of the year so i can't really object to it absolutely incredible in that movie yeah i yeah i'm i'm fine with it so where are we going to take the best acting discussion nick oh i mean it's delroy lindo yeah i mean i'm assuming we all had delroy lindo unless dylan went rogue here Almost, I, I in the end gave Delroy my number one. Mads Mikkelsen was so damn close, yeah. though. I mean, and then, yeah, between them and but for me, Riz Ahmed too is just gave one of the performances <laughs> of the so year. Good. So it's kind of hard to those those three for me are just like so like <laughs> so high. See up. the Stephen the Stephen Ewan and Alan Kim ones are the ones just outside that top two for me personally. Yeah. Um. Also, I think I'm just way so way higher on this performance than either of you two, but I thought King's Leap and Adir was absolute perfection. I, he's he's a, really good. He's yeah, really he's good. in my like top ten for sure. Um he's yeah. he's yeah. really fantastic. Um no, and, no objection and there. What I wrote in my uh letterbox review was like I went into this movie most worried about his performance because Denzel does it so perfectly mm-hmm. already in Malcolm X that I was just like one, I'll either think the whole time I wish I was watching Denzel and Malcolm X instead of right. Kingsley Benadire, or I would think, well, he's just ripping off Denzel Washington and Malcolm X right. in his performance. And I never felt for a second either of those things. He was his own unique, true to the life of the man, Malcolm X. And that was just very impressive to me. But you will not kill Paul. It's Delroy. <laughs> it's got to be Delroy. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that it, it was the performance of the year. The fact that it got so overlooked is insane. I mean, what happened? It's in, crazy. The fact, just what happened to Five Bloods in general. I mean, I just remember we watched it last summer and we're like, I don't know, best picture, ten Oscars, <laughs> like right? That's that's what it. We, what it's never going. Was happen it's here. going the distance. We thought that it was going to be like the movie that finally gets Spike as best director. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like an open and shut case, and it's not like. I mean, what happened? I mean. Okay, so Mank happened. It didn't get canceled for anything, you know? It didn't get canceled for anything. And, like, Mank happened, but I think Mank... I don't know if I think Mank's going to get Irishman. I think it could. I think Mank could go zero for ten. I think it'll probably win a couple of the craft categories. I I think, yeah, I think it'll get So I don't think it'll go zero for ten. But, you know, it's... I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what happened there. The the thing was with with Mank was... I think it had more momentum yeah. on release date than De- Defy Bloods yeah, did. Yeah, Defy Bloods but came it out lost... in May or June. Yeah. yeah, but it lost so much steam so quickly. And it was for like four months there yeah. before the Oscar nomination sort of path was coming out. Yeah. That we were still like, oh no, Defy Bloods, it's still there. It's going to pick up director nomination. It's going to get acting nomination. It's probably going to get picture nomination. And we were still strong on it for months after, unlike Mink, where sort of after a week of it, we were like, all we really 
do with Mank is just say Mank. 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 I mean, that's that's what's going to live on. And and I also did nominate Amanda Seyfried. I think she's really good in that movie. Yeah, um, I think I think we might have. But I oh, I left Amanda Seyfried off. Yeah, strategically, which is which is fine. But. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I I think she's really good, but she's kind of it she's for very me. Good. Um, mm. Yeah, same that movie. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so quick shout out to Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. I think it's the best performance he's ever given. Um, mm. I think he is just unbelievable in that movie. Um, he's basically, if anyone's not familiar with Bad Education, um, I'm only really being allowed to nominate it here because of the weird pandemic year. It like premiered yeah. on HBO, but so did everything this year. So I am going to go ahead and just roll with that. Um, but it did play at Sundance. It just got bought at Sundance by HBO, which sucks. I think I, if it had... Especially this year, if it had even gone like to Netflix or something, it would have been Oscar eligible. Um, and Hugh Jackman is plays this like corrupt school principal, superintendent, administrator, um, based on a real story that a, a real student newspaper broke the story of corruption in the school district. And Hugh Jackman like basically gets brought down by these intrepid high school reporters, and then Allison Janney is his partner in crime. It's so good. Uh, check it out on HBO. Speaking of super watchable, but he gives this really yeah. heartbreaking performance as this guy who just is like on top of the world and thinks he's going to get away with a scam forever. And then just his total fall. Um, yeah. And it's so good. Um, I, I, it's one of my favorite things he's ever done. Um, yeah. I'm going to shout that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want to quickly mention, I'll probably edit this and put it at the beginning, but uh, we made a last minute decision that we are not allowing Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people, in case people are so wondering it, where Judas and the Black Messiah is, we liked that movie. It's just not yeah, a Yeah, if, if people movie. are, like, shouting, like, where the fuck is Kalusha? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's why. Um, I guess yeah, at this we didn't point even now, talk have about to le- eligibility. You'll have to go put it way at the top because we've we've gone through so many categories. Like, But at this point, we just talked about how we did. Uh, we're going to have to leave it here and yeah. just let people yell at us for a little bit. Before you can, you can maybe but put they can yell at the academy for being absurd with their their dumb rules. Yeah, yeah. They bit um, that this year. I know why they did it. They thought they thought that by the end of the year there'd be time for blockbusters to come out in theaters. You know, um, and so they and they thought, could do the in person in yeah, and uh, everything the, would be normal the, by what's April. the theater called the Dolby the Dolby. Thank you. Yeah. Um, used to be the Kodak, now it's the Dolby. Um, but yeah, no, I know, I know why they did everything, but it just in retrospect was such a bad choice. They should have just yeah. left it with 2020 movies. There's more than enough, obviously. Yes. It's mm-hmm. not like they were hurting for movies to nominate. Um, but here we are. And so movies like that and The Father for us will probably mm-hmm. be if we do this again next year. Yeah. That will those kind of movies will be more nominated then and i'm, I'm sure we'll, i'm sure kaluuya will still get year. nominated for us at that point too like it's daniel kaluuya come on yeah he's, he's extremely good um and yeah shout out adam Brody and the kid detective um, yeah you guys can you guys can wax about that. that um it it's just a great performance like he's just playing a downtrodden like you know barely holding it together private investigator who was a kid detective and now he's grown up investigating sort of a like small town cd criminal underworld um that was a movie where i kind of wanted to do a best scene for the the final scene of the oh. kid detective like like the very the final ha- scene that takes place at the house 
um, <clears throat> at the very end, but I, I left it off. It has another great, very upsetting ending to <laughs> that movie. Um, but Adam Brody's so good in it. Just uh, yes, really, yeah. really plays off his charm as like, oh, we all loved him as like a fun teen TV actor. What was he really, in? The OC? The OC. Oh. oh, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. he uh, played a character named Seth Cohen on the OC, who was like a big deal um, okay. in the, the early 2000s. He was in love with uh, the daughter of the guy who wrote De Five Bloods. <laughs> really? Oh, God, that's that's what's her name's uh, father, yeah. huh? Rachel Bilson? Yeah. Rich, Rachel Bilson's so dad weird. is Danny Bilson, who wrote the original De Five Bloods yeah. uh, screenplay. So, But yeah, that... I will say everyone I've recommended the Kid Detective to has enjoyed it. Um, like it's yeah, pretty yeah. darker it's, than it's you expect, but it's a fun movie. N- yeah. Now, are you are you saying his character was in love with Rachel Bilson, or he was in love with? No, Rachel? his character. They okay. they were uh, like a couple on the, on well, the show. They both. were together in real life for a while. That's true. Yeah. Oh, Not okay. Just I was just curious. To yeah. Get educated. And then he eventually, in real life, mar- I want to say married Leighton Meester. Is that right? Um, I may just be making things up because I can't remember which one's Rachel Bilson and which one's Leighton Meester, but I think that's accurate. I've, I the only reason I know who Leighton Meester is is because I remember uh, Scott Ackerman talking about how he pitched when he was writing for the MTV Movie Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, her marrying Lil Wayne and then her name would be Meester Wayne, which is like not even a joke. Okay, it's not even a joke when I think about it all the time. Wayne. She's been married to Adam Brody since 2014. I did not make that up. She's from she's Blair from Gossip Girl, and it just to give you your your other teen show. Uh, okay, I, I don't know there. who this is. You've heard of Gossip Girl, right? I, I know Dylan? Gossip Girl, but okay. I, I just yeah. don't know who the player is. She's the, the brunette. She's the one who's not Blake Lively from Gossip Girl. Um, I, d- oh, I sure. didn't know Blake Lively was in Gossip Girl. She plays Later. the Gossip look. Girl. I just know Later there's. Famous. I just I know who Blake Lively is. I just. I know the concept of the show Gossip Girl. I just, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of it or anything. Remember at the beginning of the episode when we're like, we won't have tangents in this episode? Because <laughs> we're just already We were doing so good. Okay. Um, Best actress. Well, sorry. Chadwick Boseman's going to win this Oscar just to yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 clarify that. And, but, but it's we're, deserving. We're, with all due respect to Chadwick Boseman, we're, we're giving it to Del Rey Lindo. Yes. With our, we will not yeah. okay. kill Paul. Well... We don't see you standing in the end. I don't care what the VA say. From Shangri-La. There's fucking doctors in the world. Malignancy. Shit. You made me malignant. This fucking place, you. They ate me in that lymphoma, Agent Orange, herbicidal stew. Those army bastards, they scorched the earth with it, sprayed that shit in the air and the water. My bloodstream, my cells, my DNA, and my motherfucking soul. But I ain't dying from that shit. You will not kill Paul. You hear me? You will not kill Paul. So, uh, moving on to Best Actress, this is probably my favorite um, of all of our nomination categories because we only have two 
people that overlap with Oscar picks. And we picked 13 people. This is our biggest. Wow. This is our biggest one. So we all did. Uh, (laughs) The nominees are Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Francis McDormand in Nomadland. So those are the two. Mm-hmm. Julie Garner in The Assistant. Sydney Flanagan in Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Carrie Coon in The Nest. Nicole Behari in mm-hmm. Miss Juneteenth. Elizabeth Moss in Invisible Man. That's right. Pa- Paula Beer in Undine. Dine? Okay, yeah. I, Sorry, I, I, Nick's, Nick's I, I, eyebrow waggle is really yeah. something there. It's a great call. Well, I mean, she's very good. Very good. Now, you, you saw that, right, Jana? I saw it, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm the only one that hasn't seen it. Anyway, moving on. Um, Rada Black, the 40 year old version. Amara J. St. Aubin from Lover's Rock. Rachel Brosnahan from I, You're, I'm Your Woman. Mm hmm. Kristen Milotti from Palm Springs. She was almost on my list. That was so close. I'm validated again. She was almost on my list. And lastly, Evie the Cow from First Cow. (laughs) I did it. Sorry, Nick, when you you brought that up in the... I was like, that was my first one that I wrote down. She's supporting. (laughs) She's category fraud. She's the titular cow. It's the titular role. Yeah, just because she's just because she's the movie's named after her doesn't. It's mean, it's, uh, it's what you're saying is it's a Carol situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually the exact example I was going to use. Well, the, 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 this is the situation where it's like uh, Silence of the Lambs, where Anthony Hopkins is only in ten minutes of the movie, but he's just like, I am here, and that's, that's what Evie Cow is from the first shot where she's on the raft boat. She's just like, oh, I am raft. here. You are welcome. I am the best. Uh, Gosh. Uh, she is she is a nominee for Best Actress, and deservingly so. She doesn't need any paper plate recognition. Man, that's a, that is a hell of a list we got there. Yeah. Everything after, I think... Oh, I need to send you guys a list. Yeah, send the list. Everything after Carrie Coon is pretty crazy. Actually, I, I think Nicole Bihari for Miss Juneteenth, if you've seen it, is she, not she crazy. Won, yeah, she won the Gotham Award. It's not like that... Yeah. You know, it's not like I am plucking some sort of no one has recognized it performance out of thin air there. She did win it's, the Gotham It's just Award. pretty unseen She's right so, now. But I know. Elizabeth Moss, Paula Beer, That's Rada wonderful. Black, Amara J. St. I think it's Rada Blank, by the way. Yeah, it's Blank. Yeah, it's Rada Blank. Fuck. That's okay. Anyway, uh, thank you. That was close. Um, I That's a good pick. I like her. Um, I didn't know you watched 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh Dylan. Yeah, I did a week ago, maybe three or four days ago. That was like my last movie that I got to. Nice. Only because it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about almost all of these movies. I mean, they are just so watchable. They're just, for the most part, on HBO Max or Hulu or Netflix. Or the only one that's kind of not watchable right now is probably Undina. Undina, um, yeah. Which, to be fair, I'm not even sure if that came out. Which I don't know uh, when that one's going to come out. We back. saw it at a festival last year. Um, so we saw it in 2020. I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad someone else thought of Kristen Bellotti because I just thought she was probably the best 
comedic performance of the year. She's really good in, in that good. movie. And Palm Springs, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I... I, I left Frances McDormand off my list. I know uh, you did. Which is ludicrous, which was a ridiculous thing that I did just because, you know, she has two Oscars. Uh, she was nominated for this Oscar. I, I thought she was going to win it until sort of the Carrie Mulligan momentum started yeah, going that strong. Was kind of I think the other she thing, still like, could. The Five Bloods where it was like Delroy's going to win actor and Frances McDormand is going to mm. win Nomadland in yeah. the league categories. And it's like, doesn't look like it's happening for her either. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think really with Frances McDormand, it's just that she already has two, and she just won like three or four years ago. So it's that's probably what's going against her. But yeah, I, I just left her off my list for completely cynical, strategic reasons. I love her. <laughs> like, no. I, I did no, too. No uh, insult, yeah. too. Okay, good. Oh, thank, yeah, so thank Nick, God Nick, Nick put her on, or that would have been horrifying. <laughs> That would have felt terrible that, if she got left off our list altogether. Because she's yeah. So she's up when you sent your list to me, I was like, "Oh, I completely hedged that Frances McDormand would be a nominee." And I was like, "Yeah." And at that point, I think I started pestering Nick, like, "Hey, when when are you going to send your ballot?" Because I got very, <laughs> yeah. very, very nervous. I almost left her off for this very reason. I almost okay, put. Well, I'm I almost glad. put. Somebody I almost put Vitalina Varela in that spot. And then I was like, you know, like, I know she's going to get, I know all three of us are going to nominate her, right. but I'll just throw her on out of like, I'm trying to give my actual best. So it's a good thing I did. That's so funny. Now um, I'm yeah, assuming she's great. we all know Nick's actual best. Cause I think he's stumped for her on literal so much normal yeah. episodes that we didn't even have to talk about the assistant with, but it's uh, uh, Julia Garner. Yeah Julia. yeah. Julia Garner is just, unbelievable uh yeah. in that movie what she's doing uh with so little little except for really in that one scene is um just kind of astounding so i i think she's no no like i was knocked out by her <gasps> performance sorry you, we lost you, you got, for a second you got you knocked came out back. by your internet <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's right you came back um no but yeah her performance in that movie i mean and speaking of performances where if if the performance doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. Like oh, yes. yeah. that's that's maybe the biggest of the year for me. I mean, she that 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 movie is just. I mean, she's in every single scene. Like right, I, I don't. I think I think so. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember a scene that she's not in because it's the whole point is that it's so closely tied to her perspective. Um, and man, she just. She just kills it. She even even after Nick, you watched it and basically said it was like the performance of the year. So my expectations were already really high, and I was still pretty blown away. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is the other category besides scene that I just kind of completely hedged because I went Flanagan, Rada, Amara, Melody, and Evie the cow. That's my five. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which is insane, but I think even though i flanagan's probably my number one performance i don't know why nick doesn't like it but that's fine i think it's julie julie gardner as the assistant yeah. on the whole i would, would i'd be very happy to see when yeah um definitely definitely standout performance um shout out to my girl lizzie moss um who i threw in for the invisible man i'm surprised um, you didn't do it for shirley i i I had watched The Invisible Man more recently, and I think she's so good in that movie. You're falling um, into the Oscar trap. 
I know. Um, she's incredibly good. And I, if, if we were one of those like critics groups where you could just not, like list out all the good performances they gave that year, I would include both yeah. and just be like, it's for the Invisible Man and Shirley. Um, but like, one, I think horror movie performances are not recognized enough. I think oh, that's like sure. a really cha- right. Like that's a really challenging type of acting um, that just Oscars so rarely reward. Um, and I mean, even when it is something like Silence of the Lambs, it's not like not like a traditional sort of like final girl style performance, like what she's giving here. Um, Mm -hmm. And she also largely, she largely has to either act by herself, um, running around being menaced by something that's invisible, or she's playing opposite people who just don't believe her and think she's crazy, you know? And so that's, that's a tricky line to walk. And she's so good. Um, I wish someone would make a movie where she gets to look good someday soon, because she's on a real roll of just looking like, trash she always looks good the character she still calls always for looks it. good no i mean she's a beautiful woman but it's like the her, her recent run of roles are just like how many awful things can we put you through um, <laughs> yeah let, let, let surely her. but yeah surely uh, uh my beloved her smell uh, yeah, yeah, yeah this movie just let her let her take a nap guys like <laughs> poor yeah. elizabeth moss um i know yeah. the nest isn't a horror movie but Carrie Coon is kind of giving a horror movie performance in that movie. Yeah. And, uh, Especially in the final God act Nick, of that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank God Nick picked up her for The Nest. Thank you, Nick. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, she was close on my list also. Yeah. Um, her, her dancing in the bar alone uh, merits the top five. Or the horse yeah. scene. In the, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah. I love Carrie Coon. I, th- I think her... Um, performance in the leftovers is maybe like my favorite tv performance or mm-hmm. at least like a lead actress tv performance that i can think of uh so i'm glad that she's doing i feel like she's popping up in more movies recently yeah um, and i hope she keeps getting lead roles like this yeah. uh, i didn't and i didn't love the nest but i think she's just fantastic in this movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that's a that's a tough watch. Um, <laughs> the Nest, yeah. that movie is dark. Um, and yeah. it, it feels like a horror movie, Dylan, even if it's not. It's like no one's being stalked by like a knife-building murder or anything, but it's just a sense of dread for like mm-hmm. two full hours and just the creepiest big English countryside house you've ever seen. Um, yeah, she's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Jana, I think we, Nick and I have both said who we think should win. How, how are you feeling? Um, I, I think Julia Garner. Um, okay. I am fine with that pick. Hi. The new assistant's here. What address do you have? Okay, uh, hang on. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there. Um... Sorry, who? Okay, let me check on that. I'll get back a to you. Uh, hey, there's a girl waiting at reception. She says that she's supposed to start here today. Working here with us? Where's she from? Where's she from? Idaho. Idaho? Idaho? Is that the one you met in Sun Valley? Oh, her. She's been here before few times uh send her in um i obviously also included carrie mulligan here i would be so fine with I. either her or Frances mcdormand did you say you had her too nick 
Yeah, yeah. I thought you. So we just watched we this a couple nights ago. haven't talked about Promising Young Woman, and I've been like too scared to ask if you like it or not. Oh no, I I, I like it. I don't think I liked it as okay. much as sure. you did. Well, but I, that's fair. Who, few, few yeah, people few do. do. But, I'm, I'm one of yeah. the top fans. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I I really liked it, and Carrie's the one who I'll be rooting for uh what i'm really rooting for is a write-in campaign for julia Gardner. sure um sure <laughs> but if we can't make that happen in the next but if we can't month was it was it lisa murkowski who was actually yes. who actually won an election with yeah. a writing campaign with a writing campaign because she, she got yeah, primaried she, but people liked her enough that they literally wrote her in um, yeah if Gardner can't pull a murkowski <laughs> to oscar gold then i i really hope that carrie mulligan wins. she's she's really 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 good in that movie yeah she she's Ooh, she's fantastic in that movie. Um, I, Carrie Mulligan has just been doing solid work for a long time now. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, she's still a fairly young woman, but um, also a really good American accent in that movie, mm-hmm. which is not for nothing. Yes. Um, if her accent was bad, that would be a painful watch. Um, yeah, and she has some really, like, the the menace that she can put forth in that movie just like sitting across the table from someone and talking to them and and just be absolutely terrifying is mm-hmm. uh is really a sight to behold i'm i am rooting for her also mm-hmm. so so far um we haven't had a single movie win more than one award spreading Man- the love we Man- want to we want to just so love around. Minari has eight nominations, but then every other movie between six and four nominations has one award. So Nomadland has one, which has six nominations. Another round has five, which has one. First Cow has one. Never Really Sometimes Always has one. Sound of Metal has one. Defy Blitz has one. And The Assistant has one. So. I think, I think we're going to see. Well, I guess we'll see. I, I think the Oscars might kind of be like that this year. I think there's going to be a lot of spread around yeah yeah there are a lot of movies this year so nick you're gonna need to help me out here because you kind of brought the way idea of doing this sort of um round table countdown for a best picture do we talk on the first person who brings it up or the person that has it the highest yeah the last okay yeah so So if we want to yeah sorry go ahead yeah uh like if we want to just go in the same order, we did our paper plates, and I'm pretty sure my number 10 is something that neither of you have seen, and then I'll throw it to Jana, and then to you, and then we'll just keep going, and if uh, the movie is something that somebody else has, just say, table it, and we'll table it. Yeah, until. I have that higher, and then we'll keep yeah. going. All right, so we're going to go Nick, Dylan, then me, right? Yep. Yeah, whichever order. That's fine. So my number 10, uh, and I'm pretty sure you did not see it yet Jana. although you're asking me how painful it was going to be to watch recently yeah. uh so my number 10 is collective which is a romanian documentary um and it is about uh it is painful to watch because it starts off with a uh fire that kills um 27 people immediately uh at a concert venue in bucharest and then uh following that like many of the people who are injured in the fire end up dying in the hospital and the movie kind of goes from there to uh, an exploration by journalists. Actually, it's like a sports journalist um, team that that look into why these people who died after the fire um, had such bad outcomes. And then it leads to the politics at the time and how there's corruption within the politics and the hospitals and the healthcare system in general over there. Um, and then the movie kind of sidesteps to following 
the new minister of health who's replaced when the other one is forced to step down and him trying his best. Um, but it's a really like the, the, the movie's very like, um, straightforward. It's just kind of following journalists around. It's not flashy, uh, in any way, but the story that's told is just so like gripping, upsetting, and it covers a lot of ground in terms of different issues mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it, it's taking place in Romania, but I think it has uh, reverberations into our own, you know, politics and healthcare system, especially when they start talking about um, or, or showing that the pol- local politicians are using like just ridiculous propaganda to like push for their own policies that make absolutely no sense. I was like, Oh fuck. Like this sounds <laughs> quite, <laughs> this sounds quite familiar. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very good movie. Uh, collective would be my number 10. Nice. Um, I almost put it on last night and then did yeah. not. I watched, I watched the mole agent instead, a, yeah. a much more lighthearted documentary, although still kind of a bummer. Um, the documentaries always is, are like, for the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I feel bad we can't really discourse about Collective because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it. But um, I'm curious if you like that movie so much, kind of how uh, something similar. Have you ever heard of the movie Hillsborough or the incident at Hillsborough? No. So this is an ESPN 30 for 30. And it huh? it's about um, in the 80s, there was a Liverpool game where a bunch of um, fans in the stadium got crushed and about 90 people died. And originally, all the police sort of blamed the spectators that died as responsible. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of an investigation by the survivors or loved ones of the survivors to tell the story correctly and how the corruption is in the police system of this horrible thing that happened. So um, if you like Collective, which Nick does, I'd I'd recommend that. That's that's all I could really add to the Collective discourse. (laughs) But... I will. I will hopefully watch it soon. Where Where is it currently on? Uh, rentable on iTunes or the uh, the usual okay. places, Amazon and what have you. Yeah. So my number ten, which I also don't think will be on anyone else's lists, I made this last minute switch, like literally just before we started this category. But on the rocks. Ah. That's good. That's good. That's my number of like, it's in my top 20. Yeah. Um, I, I switched out one night in Miami for on the rocks just now. Cause nice. I got more on the rock, uh, one night in Miami nominations than on the rocks so far. Fair enough. Yeah. And God, I love this movie really impacted me. I thought it's shot brilliantly. Well-written mm-hmm. love the two lead performances really underrated. Um, please watch it. And I hope you enjoy yeah. Yeah, I I was a big fan also, um, and again I think I think maybe I went into it with low expectations because a lot of people had you know Dylan we've talked about this a lot of people were like oh it's kind of like minor Sophia like not really up to her level no I think it's so good um, and and for me frankly it's like kind of a bounce back I I didn't really like the beguiled I really wanted to um, but yeah. I did not um, and so I I like this. Like I said, I like this story. Um, I think the performances are really good. I think Rashida Jones, I think, in another year maybe could have gotten a little bit of attention, like maybe at least at the Golden Globes or something. Yeah. Um, you know, she's – it's just – it's a sweet story. Like, it's it's a very small little story, but it's still – like you said, it looks fantastic. Um, and, yeah, I, I wish more people had seen it. So it was sort of it's, more a part of the conversation. 
it's sort of like a rom-com only like a platonic father-daughter rom-com exactly yeah it really is and i think if you know about francis ford coppola and sort of the relationship between his daughter and uh, him um there's an interesting metatextual element to it Mm -hmm. um yeah anyway so now jana you're number 10 okay so my number 10 this is where yes you you guys got more creative than I did. This is where I have um, De Five Bloods. Yeah, interesting. You have that? I, Nick? Does anyone have it higher than here? Just outside. I had it at 11. I had it at 12. I had it at 12, and I just bumped it up to 10, and I am so glad that I did, because I had it at 12. Um, and then I'm literally so glad while someone we did, because we it talking, really deserves it. Literally while we were talking, I was like, you know, I it doesn't feel right to not have this on my list, um, so... Apologies. I, I think what I took off, someone else will, I hope, have. But we'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is where I have Five Bloods. Um, we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, sorry, I'm keeping notes. Um, we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, this movie's amazing. Like, it, it's such it an achievement. It's an epic. Like, it's basically an epic war film, um, but just told in this, like, reflective way. Um, a lot was made at the time of the choice to just have the actors play themselves in the flashbacks and not cast younger actors. I, I like that. I it's like a, what it does. It's a great choice. It's a great choice for the movie, and I think it really adds power to the scenes of them interacting with uh, Norman, with the Chadwick Boseman character, um, basically showing that they got to grow old and he did not. Um, it looks just... I haven't looked up too much about how much this movie costs. It looks expensive as hell. <laughs> like, it, it looks... The production values are so high. Um... You know, it's performances are so good um, across the board. Um, even what's his face? Uh, who's the bad guy? Jean Reno, um, yeah. who basically like shows up looking like Donald Trump at the end of the movie. It's uh, it's not the subtlest thing in the world, but that's you know, it's Spike Lee. You know what you're getting. Spike Lee. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want him to be subtle. That is not his style. Mm. Um, it's just fantastic, and I wish it, it's it's really just one of the movies of the year. Um, I wish it hadn't fallen off the radar so much. Um, great music. Just oh. like <laughs> speaking of best needle drops, just the best, the best needle drops in this movie. Also, um, I, I just sobbed at the end of this movie <laughs> yeah. when I watched it the first time, just like uncontrollably. It's so good. It's on Netflix. Um, hopefully everyone's seen to five bloods, but if not get to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rules. Yeah. Um, Nick, you're number nine. My number nine, I'm guessing one of you will end up having also on your list, uh, Minari. It's my number nine. Hey. Nick. You and me, baby. Good job, guys. Synergy. I know. Yeah, we've, so we've talked about this movie a lot. Didn't we review, did we review this? We reviewed it. When it came out? We did, I think, after we watched it at the festival. Yeah, so, um, like, if people want to hear our more in-depth thoughts about it, um, you can you can look back but i'm just like so pleasantly surprised that a movie like this is getting awards attention because one it's like a foreign language movie but also sort of a small story that um they often like wouldn't do for a foreign language movie it's the type of movie where if it was um in english or or you know entirely in english um you'd go oh yeah well sure like there's a famous young mm-hmm guy in the lead uh and it's just nice that that is happening 
while it actually taking place largely uh, in Korean. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think it's a special movie. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for Lee Isaac Chung to continue to crank out more movies because I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Definitely got a good vision. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll co-sign on basically everything Nick said to move this along. Just great movie. It kind of never became like that level of masterpiece that I was really hoping it would be. But um, pretty excellent all around. And especially from the performances and um, mm-hmm. the Isaac Chunks directing. Love the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jana, you're number nine. Yeah. And just the same thing. I agree with all of that. It's just barely outside my top ten, but just barely. Um uh, yeah, no, no complaints there. My number nine, this is where I have another round. Okay, we're going to wait. We're going to wait on that one? All right, we'll get to it. Yeah. Hey, Pelly. Uh, Nick, you're number eight. Then. Yep, back to you already. Uh, Baccaro? Uh, we're going to wait on that one. Yeah. I, okay, cool. Wow. I didn't really even have Baccaro that close <laughs> to the ten. That's oh. interesting. <laughs> We're going to be waiting for a while to talk about that one. Let's yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number eight is never, rarely, sometimes, always. Jana, you don't have it higher? It, it just got bumped out of my time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, this was one of the most af- affecting movies of the year for me. Um, two incredible lead slash supporting performances. I felt so drawn to the characters in a way that I almost besides maybe one or two other movies wasn't drawn to was just drawn to so much that it's almost incomparable um and I love that it took such a touchy dramatic depressing subject and was able to give it to people that had a lot of life in them and uh a lot of life for them to live after this incident had happened and god i loved it so that's that's my um discussion on never really sometimes always yeah i do just want to tag on to the end of that that one of the things that kept me from really um like being that drawn to that movie is that it has a lot of similarities to a movie that i think is like one of the best movies of the century uh so far which is uh four months three weeks and two days um, so if people haven't seen that, I would I would recommend trying to track it down. I don't know if it's on Criterion now, but I know they have a physical release. But that that movie is very much like now. I think I just okay. saw it scrolling on the channel and did, did not throw it on on a Friday night, but, no. but I did see it's there. It's it's not a Friday night yeah. movie, even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but I think it's just it's such a it's such a terrific movie. I think the thing that I like about Never, at least sometimes always, a lot more than something like Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days is it can sort of be a Friday night movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to completely emotionally prepare. It doesn't take the subject any less seriously or any less dramatically, but it's not like the gratuitous intensity of Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days. But I think this is... Four Months is a lot. Yeah. Yes. I, it's a lot. And uh, there's... The way the end scene happens with what they need to do is just burned into my pupils to this day. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I also kind of says the difference between Nick and I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In so. terms of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love Never Really, Sometimes Always. Like I said, it's just barely, barely missed my top 10. Um, I sometimes overuse this term a lot, but like 
it was truly harrowing. Like it, it was like gripping. Like I can't even. I haven't seen four months, three weeks, but like I can't even imagine because I was like gripping the edge of my seat the entirety. I've never really. Sometimes always, um, we talked a little bit on a previous episode. Um, you know, as as good and understandably lauded as that titular scene is. The, the other scene later with her friend when they need to get the money was just hand, the most, the hand-holding yeah, hand scene. scene was just uh. like maybe the most upsetting thing I like, but like also like one of the realist, you know, and I think that's, that's mm-hmm. why it's yeah, so I mean, upsetting, it was, but it's just, it was upsetting, but it was also like heartfelt at the same it time. It is, it's, yeah, it's like, it's completely, like, it's, it's this tender moment. It's this heartbreaking moment. It's, uh, I cannot stop thinking about it, um, which, you know, sign of a, pretty good movie if i have not stopped thinking about that since i watched it a few months ago so all right so that was my eight janet Mm -hmm. your eight um this is where i have sound of metal wait okay (laughs) fair enough um so now we're gonna go over to number seven with nick time gonna wait on that one all (laughs) righty well I, I should say up front that uh, I think I told you this, guys, but I'll, put, I'll say it on the pod. Um, to make my life easier, I didn't do any documentaries in my top ten. Um, so fair. just to make my life a little easier. So no Dick Johnson and no uh, time. Fair. I got you covered on. Bo- I got you covered on both <laughs> of those. Fuck yeah, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best. Um, so my number seven. I'm curious if either of you guys have this. I rewatched this a couple weeks ago. And was just blown away more than I was the first time. It's Wolf Walkers. Mm. I don't have it on my list. I do not have no, it on I, my I list. Great movie, movie, though. That makes me really bummed, but I mean, I just love it. It's so f- fun. I, I cannot imagine laughing more in a non-comedy movie um, than I was in that movie. I was, we were all, I watched it with two friends of mine. We were just laughing like crazy through all of the stuff that Meb does. Uh, messing with, uh, I don't even remember what the main girl's name is robin uh messing with robin and like uh pretending like she's gonna eat her it's just the best thing it is so heartwarming and there's a lot of great themes in it the animation is perfect but from cartoon saloon you can't expect anything not incredible from the animation side of things and just the final act of the movie is so emotional and so honestly pretty intense um just God, I loved it, and I hope to literally watch it again soon when my brother comes home for the summer. Oh, sure. I, I'm i going to have to watch it with him, and just we're going to have a blast, because it's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Wolfwalkers is great. It looks great. The um, the voice performances are really, really good. Yeah, they really it. are. Um, you know, obvi- obviously, Sean Bean can't really do wrong. Yeah, and um, um, what's the guy that plays the Death Eater from Deathly Hollows? That plays the person Simon that... Bernie. Is that his name? I don't. Yeah, I I, don't, I know his face from so many. Who things. plays Cromwell? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. one of the Death Eaters. Yes, I mean Bernie. He's a creepy guy. Um, and then I want to shout out uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy, who plays the the Wolf Mom. Um, yeah. Who um, I don't know what number, but she's definitely on that Irish Times list of great Irish uh, yeah. actors. You know, um, Connor's she's, coming she's up great. in the year end finale again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say we'll have to have a resurrect Una O'Connor and put her in Wolfwalkers too. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I will no, shout it's... out um, Eva Whitaker is the one that plays mm-hmm. Meb. Meb's my favorite Meb. character, yeah. maybe the whole year, besides yeah, Joe and Sandra Metal. Just, I mean, and it, I know everyone said it. I've said it. Every like the visuals in this movie are nuts. Like, and Wild. as someone who has a really hard time 
connecting with animated films like i could watch this all day like i just it's just so beautiful to look at yeah Mm -hmm. all right so jenna year seven Okay, so my seven, this is where I have I'm Your Woman, um, which neither of you ever watched, right? Mm, no. I, I, I will. I mean, it looks fun. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. it's fun. I promise. Um, it's Yeah, it's really fantastic. Um, yeah, Rachel Brosnahan, like I've already talked about, just it's this great performance. I've, I've summarized it on the podcast before, but it basically, the thing about this movie is that it's a movie that begins where most gangster movies end. Um, sort of the is the wife of the gangster who he gets he's in one scene played by Bill Heck, um, who is like so, so good. Um, people who've <laughs> seen Ballad of Buster Scruggs would remember him oh. from being the lead of the girl who got rattled segment or the, the the male lead of the girl who got rattled segment in Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, but he's in this in one scene as a gangster who like well one brings home a baby one day. Uh, and tells his wife, this is our baby now. Um, I know that we've never been able to have children, but look what I brought you, this baby. Don't ask any questions. Um, And so, and she's always wanted a baby, so now she has one. And then shortly thereafter, one of her husband's associates shows up and says, I've been sent here to take care of you. Pack your bags. We got to go. Everything's ending. Um, And she goes on the run and has to be in hiding for a while and then sort of learns a lot more about who her husband actually was um, while sort of taking raising this baby. Um, And it's it's just really fantastic. It looks so good. Like I did a full ballot. Basically, I have this in like my costume design nominations Mm because it just has has this great look and production design too. Um, great supporting performance. From um, Frankie Faison, who we spent some time talking about, uh, he's in Do the Right Thing. Yeah, one of the one of the corner guys in, in Do the Right Thing. Um, he plays like a sort of grandfather figure in this movie, um, and gets to be a real hero and is great. Um, and yeah, it's really good. People should check it out. Super watchable. Good, really good action scenes. Um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's great, and more people should watch it. Yeah, okay. So, Nick, now we're at year six. Uh, we live in a Twilight world. Tenet. My number six is oh, Tenet. I, I was like, Love I don't it. know if I know the movie We Live in a Twilight World. You have not seen Tenet yet, Dylan? No. No? Okay. No. I have Tenet, like, in my, my top 20. Um, yeah. Pretty good. Okay. It's, it's just such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the plot is absurd. I think some of the dialogue is ridiculous. There's a, a line in particular that they have Elizabeth the Biggie say, which is one of the most absurd things I've heard in my entire life. What is it? And yet, ugh, I, I can't give it away. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, okay, it's fine. yeah, but it's it's. I mean, it's not really a plot point. It's just something you got to hear in context, where someone says something incredibly serious to her, and and the way she said- the way she reacts to it is just like, what? What? <laughs> it's not what a human being would say. Okay. Um, so oh, with all that, that in mind, the music kicks ass. Every action sequence is incredible. It's just like the loudest, most cacophonous movie I was able to watch and rewatch and rewatch this year. Um it's great. It's just such a joy. I I I loved it and I will keep watching it because uh we were playing it so loud that our uh glasses were shaking upstairs apparently i was watching in the basement nelly was upstairs and she's like our glasses are rattling every time (laughs) every time that Uh, bass hits which uh that's what i that's pure cinema so tenant tenant rules robert pattinson absolutely rules in this movie yeah um 
Yeah, and we've like tried to solve it. There's like online explainers. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I I think I understand what a temporal pincer movement is. Beyond that, I'm good. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I can't start. I can't start thinking about tenant, or my eyes are just gonna like <laughs> start spinning yeah. in my head. Um, but that's fine. If it, like, it does not does not take away my enjoyment at all. Um, yeah. I I should go back and like read some of those explainers. Although I think I'd just be more confused. But ugh, yeah, good movie. I do love how wild, much you guys wildly fun. love that movie. How much we love Tenet. I wish it hadn't gotten caught up in all the like cultural bullshit that it got caught yeah, up in. Yeah. That sucks for it. Like I wish if it had if if the pandemic had never happened and like if it had just come out in theaters in the summer, I think everyone would have. I think people would have had the same problems with it that they have with Inception, where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, for people who don't think Inception works, but it it just got saddled with. Yeah. more than it was ever yeah. going to be able to bear. Um, it's way harder to follow than Inception. <laughs> it is. No, it's way harder like to follow. Inception is like a children's book compared to Tenet, yeah. but, um, yeah. you know. That's, okay. That's all. But, yeah, sorry. It's just fun. I have fun, fun with it, yeah. and that's all. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick question. Uh, is it when you're talking about with Elizabeth Debicki acting weird, is it when Kenneth Branagh blinks her a plate of nothing? No, 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 that's a different weird scene. Okay, yeah, because I've, I've I've seen that scene multiple times on, uh, on Instagram. The boat. Yeah, I've never seen her reaction to it, but it's just so many like. No, that's that's, a, that's there's a whole <laughs> there's there's a whole subplot that I don't understand. Uh, okay, yeah, Elizabeth. Oh my god, I I also now I'm just thinking about Kenneth Branagh in that movie. What a what a choice he made. I mean, he made choices in that. 15 second clip that I've seen over and over and over again. Oh my god. He goes wild. I lo- it's great. I love his choices. I do he's too. having a blast. I do, he's having yeah. a blast in that movie. Yeah, he's I mean he's a he's a Bond villain. Like it's fine. It's it's so fun. Yeah. And he didn't right, get to Dylan. have much of a blast on Dunkirk, so let him go. Let yeah, him, yeah, let him yeah, run free. Fair enough. He he put in the serious work, yeah. Yeah. Alright, for my number six, I have a feeling we'll probably be talked about ahead uh, is Nomad Land. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So, Jana, then it's at year number six. All right. Um, my number six is The Assistant. Coming up later. Okay. okay. Uh, so then, Nick, it's at year number five. My number five could not make your list because it is a documentary. Jana, do you have Dick Johnson is Dead on your list? I yes! don't. It just missed. Okay. Oh, God. So, I love Dick the, Johnson is Dead. I think this is another one that we've talked about on the show, mm-hmm. but uh, like just a, a very nice documentary even though it's tackling really difficult subject matter about um, a documentary named Kirsten Johnson who's grappling with her father in the early and then sort of like early to mid stages of Alzheimer's after already having seen her mother um, pass from Alzheimer's and it's just sort of about their relationship together uh, dealing with the complications that go with that the grief that she has like knowing what's coming but also the grief and the struggles that he has um it's just like a really tender portrait of this guy who seems like just the nicest guy in the world yeah um so even though it tackles like this just really brutal subject i found it to be a pretty pleasant watch just because you get to spend you know an hour and a half with this really nice old man and his daughter (laughs) who takes good care of him and uh Yeah. yeah i it's a it's a really good documentary what a sport for everything that the daughter makes into, and the yeah. fact that yeah, and then they, and then they sort of realize that they have to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's 
Yeah, I I was really nervous about watching it because the subject matter just seemed so intense. I don't care. I mean, I don't. It feels weird to be like, well, I don't really like movies about Alzheimer's. I don't think there's anyone who really like love. I just yeah. love watching movies where people suffer from a debilitating disease. Um, but it's not like a lot of movies we've talked about this year. It deals with such a serious subject, but in such a heartwarming way. Um, yes, you know, you don't feel miserable watching it yeah there's some um, miserable scenes in it but oh of course yeah yeah jesus his spirit is so enduring and yeah really makes that movie Mm -hmm. yeah (sighs) all right so now it's to my five Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming i'm probably have this the highest then sound of metal yeah it wasn't quite it it just got edged out it was my number nine or ten on an earlier draft. Okay, yeah. and Jana. Yeah, I had it at a. Eight. I was thinking you could have. Uh... Oh, you did. Oh. I had it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And now it's it's. So. Now we're actually starting to catch up to the. We're catching up. Yeah. I forgot what we were doing. Yeah, but, Sound um, of Metal, great movie. So, Jana, do you want to speak first on Sound of Metal? Uh sure. Just um, you know, a, a, another movie dealing with a serious topic. Um, in case anyone hasn't seen Sound of Metal, Riz Ahmed plays a drummer in like a hard rock band of some kind um but it's also like a two-person band it's very like white stripes it's him and his uh yeah girlfriend, partner he's a drummer except for he's the drummer and she's the vocalist um and they um they have like a sort of a very modest sort of touring band life trying to make it work on the road and then one day he starts realizing he's losing his hearing and has to confront that and what it means for his life and we sort of watch him go on this, you know, this journey of, of how his life is going to change and confronting how, where he goes forward from there. Um, it's just an incredibly moving story, um, you know, told very straightforwardly. We talked a lot already, uh, obviously, about Paul Racy, um, and he spends the bulk, sort of the middle section of the movie is set at um, a center. He, oh, and also both um, Riz Ahmed and his girlfriend are recovering addicts mm-hmm. like are in recovery and so he's dealing with like mm-hmm. a lot and sort of this all gets kicked off because she worries he's this is going to cause him to start using again and so we sort of dealing like with maintaining his sobriety while also um sort of learning how to live with his sort of newly encountered disability um and it's just a wonderful story just it, it really brings you into this world that a lot of people probably aren't familiar with um and i just loved it from beginning to end basically Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you you brought up a lot of the things that like these characters are dealing with, and upfront, you it sort of like falls on your lap, and you're like, "That's really going to be some heavy shit." Mm-hmm. And then what the movie does so brilliantly is it takes Paul Rocky and says, "It's okay," right? And just the way he's able to sort of lead these characters through the second half of the movie, mainly Riz Ahmed's character, but you know the other sort of people that he gets to know in this environment. Um, just so incredibly touching. And I think by the end of it, I'm so on Riz Ahmed's wavelength at the very final scene that basically that was everything Paul Rocky got him to. Um, I just also love so many of the scenes that takes place where he's either in the camp counseling with the kids or he's in the education center and there, mm-hmm. there's just no talking in those scenes. And they're just signing to each other. Um, they're kind of, they're, they're 
walking around in the woods or they're playing drums and it's just these people that are sort of interacting i love the scene where he and the troubled kid um are kind of outside on the slide and they start slide they start sort of drumming beats to each other that they're able to feel and it's just oh Mm -hmm. god it made me so emotional um love that movie maybe it's my number four i'm just gonna switch it to number four i don't know (laughs) god i I love so i know at this point it's locked in but fuck i love that movie so much all right, Jenna, you're number five. All right, so my number five is a movie that I'm pretty sure is not on anybody else's list. Um, it is Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. From oh, the Ross no, Brothers. but I, I, I really like that movie. It didn't, yeah. it, w- it was like very high up on my list until the kind of like December push yeah. of movies. I kept it. it, I, it yeah, it was, it was my number one for like a while um and it's it's sort of you know it's gotten gotten bumped down a little bit but um i i sort of kept it up there um it's just it's a movie that's very hard to talk about um it is sort of a documentary sort of not it's it's by the ross brothers who do sort of an experimental filmmaking style of documentary filmmaking um and so i don't want to talk about it too much i think people should discover it for themselves if they're interested but basically um, if you think you might be interested, it's a movie set at like the final 24 hours in a dive bar, a dive bar that's closing down and it sort of starts in like the morning, one morning and goes all the way until, you know, the next morning when after the final night um, and you just hang out in the bar basically with all the regulars, with the bartenders and people come and go. Um, little skirmishes happen, little funny incidents happen um, and it's just a, a day in a life of um people hanging out at a dive bar um and it's it's really very moving um mm-hmm. i rewatched it last night um basically just to make sure i wanted to keep it up this high on my list because i hadn't seen it in a few months um and yeah i was i was just as moved by it um you sort of follow one character um this guy michael um through sort of his story throughout but you just yeah, you just have other people coming and going of all ages. I almost put him on my best actor I almost list. put him on my best oh, actor wow. list, I wasn't too. sure if he counted or Right, not. that's the only reason why I left him off. So his name is Michael Martin. He's playing playing a character named Michael in the movie. It sort of gets at how it's impossible to know in this movie what's real and what's not. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But, I, yeah, I think, as you can tell, Nick and I both, like, I almost had him on my best actor list. Um, it's just... Because I, I do think he's, I do think he's acting. I think it's a performance. Um, I think so too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think everyone else in the movie, hard to say, <laughs> but we we do know that Dan is a professional actor, um, and is giving a performance, and it is just so, um, yeah, it's so emotional. Um, you really, really feel, the, you know, the story of this guy and just everyone around him in the bar. And um, my favorite sort of character on this rewatch was the the woman bartender. Um, who I came blanking on what her name is, um, but she, she's so funny. Um, and it just, it's, yeah, it's hard to explain. It's a vibe, really. It's a real uh, <laughs> all vibes <laughs> movie, but I do recommend it. It's rentable on all the places. I don't think it's streaming free anywhere, um, but I bought it on iTunes um, and have watched it a couple times now. And it's really great. Um, and yeah, I think it only isn't getting talked about more just because no one really knows how to talk about it. Basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you have to have a whole like TED talk ju- it, just to describe, like, to describe what, what's what this movie's yeah, form but it's beautiful. Is. Great, speaking of great needle drops too, because it's set in a bar and there's like music playing. There's so many great music moments in it. So 
Yeah. Shout out to that. We got to keep moving. It's 1215. <laughs> yep. Nick, yeah. number four. Uh, my number four is um, the assistant. Dylan, do you have it any higher on? No, sorry. All right, okay. cool. It was so kind was... of one of my last cuts at the yeah. very end. So this was Jana's number six. Mm-hmm. My number four is the assistant, which we've talked about. Like I think the the most critical part of this movie is um, uh, Julia Garner's performance, but mm-hmm. she plays an uh, an assistant to a Harvey Weinstein esque uh, film producer type, and you're just kind of seeing it's it's an exploration to how that type of person operates and all their gross, disgusting behaviors. Um, and what the movie does, I think, to its credit, is we we don't even actually see that guy. It's just her um, sort of reactions to it. And a lot of it is about how mundane all of these things are and how people uh, will find ways to um, justify or make excuses for that type of behavior. Yep. Yeah. Um, just one element of the movie that I wanted to shout out, um, one way that it surprised me is that the, there's not a ton of characters in the movie um there's like she shares her office space with like a couple of guys like a couple mm-hmm. of dudes um and we see all the ways that sort of like being a dude like you know puts you on this different level just because if they're going to be gross about women like you, know, you sort of have like a foot in the door but you know as she's sort of struggling to make it through her day i kept expecting them to like be undermining her at every turn um and they don't really like i mean that mm-hmm. that's not like they're not the heroes of the movie by any no, they're not imagination. Supportive, but they're yeah, not, not even a little, but, yeah. but at the same time, like they actually try to, you know, they're not actively undermining her, and they do actually like give her quote unquote good advice about how to sort of survive in this toxic workplace yeah. in a way that was like, it, you know, right. it's good advice to to uh, like keep the job that she wants to do. It, it's it, not it, necessarily like good. It's not good advice. life advice, but they're yeah. basically telling her, look, if you want to sort of get through this terrible thing and come back to work tomorrow, here's what should happen. And like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it was like kind of a little thing, but it's like, it just goes to show how it's like, no, this is a, this is a toxic workplace because from the top down, it's a toxic environment. And it sort of just goes to show how in reality, yeah, people band together to just keep their head above water in a truly terrible situation. Um, yeah, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's my four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said I didn't do any documentaries, and that's kind of a lie because American Utopia is the fourth oh. best movie of the year for me. I, I, I don't really count it as a documentary, though. Um, it's only, I pretty much like scooted it out of my tent. It's one of my 10 favorite movies of the year. I left it off just also because I didn't know how to characterize it. I'm like, is this... So if it's a film yeah. stage show. Is it a documentary? Is it not? But yeah, American Utopia rules. Um, and, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I left to Five Bloods just off my list is Spike Lee's still here. Yeah, it's Spike covered. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I made sure to put to Five Bloods on because I loved American Utopia. Yeah, so. Good. I mean, Spike, Spike had a good year. Yeah. Um, God, I just love so much about American Utopia. The music's great. Uh, David Byrd's fantastic. Spike Lee shoots the freaking hell out of it. Um, hell, you talking about that scene? Yeah. And I, I feel like in a in a normal movie in a normal performance that would be like the sort of closing number. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have another three more songs, and it yeah. just kind of brings everything mm-hmm. together after it this really hard back, yeah. discussion that they have to do yeah. in that uh, in that scene. Yeah. Uh, it's I, maybe my you know. second favorite concert doc after the other Talking Heads I was concert say, doc. It's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that poor David Byrne, like, I mean, you know, <laughs> comes in second to himself, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. kind of. But that's because, yeah, it's not making sense as a 
perfect film. Um, now, but yeah, ha- this is pretty high up there. Have either of you seen um, the Homecoming Beyonce movie? Because that's the only other concert movie that's even close to these two. I've seen parts of it. I haven't watched it beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would I would put The Last Waltz as like a, a close third to these two, though. <laughs> Dylan, rude eye roll. Jesus. Nah, you don't like The Last Waltz? It's fine. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I have I have no educated opinion on The Last Waltz. I would like to watch it, though. I think it would be very much my jam, so. It, you, you Mutual would like... friend Mitch is going to come and get you. <laughs> He's already come and got me about that. Ah. I think as, I, as well he should. I think I have it at like a three and a half or a four on Letterbox. Like really good, but just the people that love it, I just I don't get it. But that's fine. Um, yeah. yeah American also, Utopia, to see, great. Yeah, I need to see Watt Stacks. That could also probably be in one of the greatest concert movies ever. But for another day, Jenna, you're number four. My number four. This is where I have time. Gotcha. Okay. So, so what do you guys we're want still to gonna get. To, I was gonna say, is am I the last person to mention time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Nick had it earlier, and I did. Okay. I didn't right. do documentaries. Got you. Um, yeah, time was one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. Um, watched it a few weeks before, like it was playing at one of the festivals, um, and so I went into it no, knowing that people seem to like it a lot, um, but without having a ton of understanding about it. Um, if people aren't familiar with time, it is a documentary about, largely about a woman who is working to free her incarcerated husband um, from prison and sort of what it goes. It uses a lot of archival home footage. She basically kept a um, uh, like a running sort of home video camera history, probably not video camera, digital camera um, history <laughs> of her raising her sons while her husband was incarcerated. And then it is also interspersed with um, newly shot um, footage, like beautiful. It's all in black and white, um, which I think they did because they wanted to make it more seamless between the old Mm -hmm. footage and the new footage. And so it's all in black and white and beautiful new footage um, with the documentarians actually following her around. She's a motivational speaker now, um, successful businesswoman, and like working to have her husband freed from prison. And it is just a, it's just a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful, like, it's a love story. It's a family story. Um, it just, like, brutally depicts what the, you know, prison system and court system in America is like. Which is a lot of just calling people on the phone and not getting any information. Um, yeah, it is, it is so good. Could not recommend it more highly. Um, and don't, read anything more about it before you watch it yeah, just yeah, watch definitely it don't read anything about it yeah would be my right. advice yeah great great film nice uh nick do you have anything to say or do you want to move on no we can move on. i mean i i agree with everything jenna said okay um a really good movie all right moving on to number three nick you have the floor lover's rock I'm nice. number three on Lovers Rock. Wow, good yeah. job, guys. Um, Lovers Rock is what I took out to put Defy of Bloods in because I was oh, counting right. on you guys to have it. Yes, um, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, the most pure vibe movie. It uh, really is. If people, aren't, if people aren't familiar with this, it's really it's a short movie. It's like barely an hour. Yeah, it's like 62 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's just a house party. Yeah. And it's following people around a house party, listening to some music, yeah. watching people hang out with each other meet each other flirt with each other dance with each other and it rules it, it rules. rules so hard it's so good 
Yeah, especially it's, now. Like I know we can't go to we can't go to parties. Watching this is the closest it last, I've been to a party. Watching it late last summer, early last fall was was tough. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was really tough. Um, hopefully, I can revisit it uh, when we get closer to going back mm-hmm. into that world. It's the first chapter of um, Steve McQueen's Small Axe series. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, another another all vibes movie. It's just beautiful. Just a beautiful movie. I do think it's interesting that um, we only nominated Lover's Rock from the Steve McQueen Small Axe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Ma- yeah. Mangrove also. Uh, yeah. Mangrove's also fantastic. Um, but Lover- Lover's Rock just, to me, it just, it's so different than than anything else. It feels like it, wholly I, special. It, exactly. I think, I think the other installments, um, at least the ones I've seen, are also very good. But... Lover's Rock is, yeah, special. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet just playing her silly games by uh, leaving it yep. out. Yep. <laughs> I, I did, I did, but I was counting on you guys, so. Came I, I sigh of relief that now that it's at, sitting at number 11 that I did not make a huge mistake. You made a great choice by having someone have Defy Bloods. <laughs> yeah. In, in picture. Getting strategic, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was my number three, Jenna, your number three. Okay. This is where I have Baccarat as my number yeah. three. I think I, I think I know what your next three are going to be. I, well, I only have two sure. left, yeah, but I, yeah. My, yeah, yeah. No, my, I, mean, I meant, I, oh, my three, I'm like two, writing one. them down yeah. and I was like, I have three left for each of you and I'm pretty sure I know <laughs> one of Dylan's two left and I'm pretty sure I know yours in Both order. Of mine, yeah. I, I know yours in order too, Jenna. <laughs> I, I, I think we'll see. I mean, also, I have a public letterbox list, so this is not exactly. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, I haven't seen it. I've been keeping it all year, man. You guys, you just don't check my letterbox enough. I've I've been keeping a public. Actually, I have a no. I've I've figured out both of your lists. I have I think. sixty movies yeah. ranked. Um. Anyway, Baccarat. This was also my number one for a huge stretch of last year until mm-hmm. a couple movies came out late in the year that knocked it down. Um. It's so good. Like, again, don't read anything about it. Um, it just, it's set in a small, a fake small town in, in Brazil. There's some, some issues with water. Um, a, a young woman who has left her hometown comes back home because I believe her grandmother died. Um, uh, Sonia Braga is in it. Udo Kier is in it. Um, well, that is nothing what this movie's about. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, I there, um, I mean, I want everyone to have the experience that I that exactly. I, yeah, we all I, had, and I, I, I totally get Dylan it. Like, texting and like I had no idea where this I. movie was going. I it, think it I did starts, message a few times during that movie, like what the absolute that happens. Sort of, there's a first act that you think you know where it's going. Although, to be fair, no, you don't. You don't think you know where it's going even from no. the beginning. The opening scene is very confusing. Um, but it's so good. It is. Um, it's a little graphic. Uh, don't don't watch this with your kids. Um, <laughs> there don't is nudity. Watch this there is blood. Don't all. watch this if you're squeamish. Um, there's nudity. There's blood. Um, it's not. It's it's like an action thriller verging on horror, but not quite. Um, you like uh, John Carpenter movies? Yeah, you're gonna like. That I mean, girl. yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's a modern modern John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, so fun. Just some of the most fun I had watching a movie. Yeah all last year it was so good yeah um it kind of lost me at some point with some of the sort of stuff that goes on but yeah awesome film and something that we've talked about is there's no character main character really it's sort of just the town itself is a character Mm -hmm. and it's it's fascinating to watch with that very very like eisenstein where he's just like 
characters, fuck characters. Yeah, just this we're just yeah. community watch. is the character. Yeah, it's so it's so deeply strange, but in a way that really just like ticks all of my boxes. I just loved it. Yeah. Okay. So now it's Nick at two. My number two is Vitalina Varela, which nice. I've talked a little bit about. Yeah. It's uh, one of the gorgeous movies I've seen in a very long time. It uh, is. It stars a woman named Vitalina Varela, who is in another of Costa's um, movies more recently. And she plays uh, sort of a fictionalized version of herself where she's from Cape Verde, but she's been estranged from her husband who is living in Lisbon. And she goes to visit him, and it turns out that he's died. Um, and it's kind of the reverberations from that only in the sparsest way possible. Yeah. This is like true slow cinema where uh, a lot of scenes are they're almost all like static people just standing around or sitting around not a lot actually happens but it just looks so wonderful um that i was i was completely like mesmerized by this entire movie it was one that i was a little bit nervous going into because i'm like oh i don't like i'm kind of i'm a little bit tired i don't want to fall asleep during this and i was just transfixed uh Mm -hmm. the entire time so it's uh something that i i really look forward to rewatching just to like get my eyes on yeah. I think it looks like a movie that was like if I tell one of my friends I'm watching a Criterion movie, this is like the kind of movie they would expect me to be watching. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this and Baccarat both watchable on the Criterion channel right now. So yeah. um Go for gold. You know, there's a there's a real range there. Yeah, I I need to check it out. It looks absolutely beautiful. Um I do just need to find a time. Like one will have to be watched in in pitch darkness. Um, the mm-hmm. the harsh LA yes. afternoon sun would not do it any favors if I tried to check this out during the day. Um, but yeah, it looks gorgeous. I, I can't yeah. wait to see it. All right, so my number two. Mm-hmm. What a life! Nice. What a beautiful. It's so good. Another it's another round. round. <laughs> um, God, I wish that song was written for the movie so I could just be like. Paper original plate, song. best original song. I know. Well, it's, uh, it's arguably best use of. I mean, we talked needle drops. I mean, it's yeah. It's maybe best use of song. Yeah. Um, Mads is perfect. Quite affecting story and still pretty funny. I did see a Vulture article talking about the movie and said like, "Oh, in five years when this gets remade with Will Ferrell as the lead character," and I was like, oh. "Don't oh, wish that into I mean, existence don't force majeure they, this they, yeah i'm they remade force majeure thank thankfully it sounds like the attempt to remake tony Erdman has fallen off um the planet like we do not need to remake every foreign language masterpiece we can leave yeah and it, it, it works Nicholson's so- a movie star he's an he's a yes. american movie star he was a bone villain like it's fine he whipped daniel's craig's nuts in a chair we he sure did um i just it's so perfect for like the setting and the characters that it's living in that it's, it can't be remade or mm-hmm. it will be if this thing will to do its existence, but it shouldn't. And it's just, it's so perfect the way it is. And I don't want to talk much about it, but go watch it. It's, it's, it's so enjoyable too, mm-hmm. that everyone should, would probably like yeah. this movie somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. All it's, right. it's fantastic. I loved it. So Jana, I'm so curious to see what two and one are because I think they know I, how I, which way I landed. Yeah, um, my my two and one are pretty interchangeable. I would say. Um, I know that's why. I'm matter of preference. Curious, but I I have promising young woman at number two. <laughs> yes. Um, you know these are so these are my only two movies this year that I like were fully five star movies for me. This and the sure. last one that we'll talk about. Um, 
promising young woman. Um, yeah, I've already talked about it quite a bit. Um, it's just it just completely blew me away. Um, I sort of thought I knew what it was about, and it is and it isn't. Um, Carrie Mulligan's amazing. There's reporting performances in this movie, none of which were kind of big enough for me to nominate on their own, but that collectively, like, a lot of people show up for basically one scene and are just really good. Um, Alison Brie is in one scene that mm-hmm. is really memorable. Um, Laverne Cox did get some... I almost like, I almost she, had her on my list. Um, yeah, same. I wish she was in it a little bit more with a little bit more to do, but she basically sort of is like... She's like the boss sort of friend character. Um, Connie Britton is in a very upsetting scene. Um, The one person that I actually regret leaving off and was supposed to be a last minute addition to my list that I forgot um, was, um, oh my God, what's his name? Um, Bo Burnham? No, 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 no. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina, thank you. Alfred Molina in, um, he has like one one or two scenes um, supporting actor. So sort of, Continuing my trend of um, w- like wanting to highlight scenes that don't go the way you expect, um, his character sort of is one of the more surprising characters in a movie for me, um, and is a real bright spark, bright excuse me, bright spot in that movie. And then yeah, all all of the all of the nice guys, um, another Adam Brody uh, <laughs> performance like um, that was very good. Um, Max Greenfield is basically playing like. Schmidt. What if Schmidt yeah, were like, in the real world and how awful would that actually be kind of scenario? Um, Bo Burnham is really fantastic and, and weaponizes his whole vibe in a really interesting way. And I've been seeing him get some attention, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. I get people who don't like it and I understand why, but um, I just cannot stop thinking about it. Um, I just really, really, really worked for me. Um, yeah. And I hope Carrie Mulligan wins that Oscar. Me, too. Yeah. So, everyone say that at the same time, the number one movie <laughs> of 2020 is... Well, we have Nick's number one. My number one yeah. we haven't said yet. I know, but I think we all know that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. I that. think Dylan and I have the same You guys have one. the same number one. It didn't make my Do list, you... but it's fine. Oh, what? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. Wait, do you not know what Janice's number one is? <laughs> I thought Apparently it was going to be... Yeah. Yeah, I'm no. very mean. My... I'm a heartless person. Continue. Yeah. So I'm assuming Dylan and I are talking about the same movie, which yeah. is First Cow. Yes. Evie the Cow and First Cow. Yeah. Uh, I just, this this movie like blew me away. Um, it's such just a, it's a nice movie, but in sort of a harsh, um, for a couple, like it's a harsh milieu that they live in in a couple different ways, like both uh, the people around them, but also just like the societal structures that are forcing them to, uh, need to circumvent the law in the way that they're doing in order basically to survive. Put um, that entire but, thing in quotations and it's every Kelly record movie. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And to me, this is really, like, at its heart, just the story of two buds trying to trying to make it yeah. and being friends. And it's just, it was it was so heartwarming, even though at times it's quite stressful. Um, and I, I love I love the yeah I love the tonal combination um, that that Reichardt reaches here. It's just fantastic. And John Magaro also uh, like was very close to being one of my um, best actor noms. Yeah, just fantastic. So I I I love this movie. Um, 
and this one's been like pretty easily my number one since I saw it and nothing else nothing ever like, knocked it down com- yeah nothing else even like flirted with knocking it down yeah mm-hmm. kind of same here um it's probably just pushing its way into like my top 100 of all time sort of range i can't love this movie enough and i just hope everyone watches it and now i'm so curious i'm sure once you it's it's very obvious you just forgot that i hadn't mentioned yeah you just forgot um i will say first cow best movie poster of the year far and away just truly iconic movie poster um and i i also like it very much i just had a heart i think i think the stressfulness of it just kept me from connecting to it as much as I would have hoped. Um, but I do want to yeah. watch it again. I See, think I think on rewatch, once I sort of know exactly where everything's going, um, I might lock into it a little bit more, and it might take it to that sort of like go- good to great uh, step up for me. Uh-huh. See, I wonder if I would have the same thing about Minari actually, because there's something that they sort of seems like a Chekhov's gun, right? Uh, regarding one of the mm-hmm. characters, and I'm like, if it goes this way, it's just going to be too much. I got stressed thinking about it again, and I actually know how Minari ends, and I still was like, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's always a big thing for me. Is and, and one of the reasons why I some people don't like rewatching movies. I don't understand that at all. Um, mm-hmm. I love rewatching movies. I love what you get Same. out of a movie once you know once you because I, I just I just get so stressed all the time about what's going to yeah. happen to the characters that I feel like sometimes I can't enjoy a movie until I know um where it's going um but yeah anyway my my very boring number one pick is Nomadland um that was my oh, number one right. the second I saw it and it's still my number one um it's a good movie <laughs> um not not controversial we don't yeah. need to talk about it really much more um it might win best picture that would be cool um, it will win this picture. I mean, it. it the, people, I think it's going to win best. Picture. I think so too. People see, like there's a lot of people are starting to pick Minari, um, which would be lovely, also. Um, but yeah, no Madland guys. It's not boring. It's beautiful. Um, no, it isn't. There's there's some sequences at the end of that movie that just floored me. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Swanky. Um, just beautiful. Just a beautiful movie. Um, Francis McDormand mm-hmm. kills it. Cloja kills it. Um, and especially if you sort of love the American West like I do, um, it is just absolutely beautiful. It's basically a beautiful travelogue of just, um, you know, just a nomad seeing the world. Um, can't recommend it more highly. Mm-hmm. I would be very happy if it won the Oscar. A couple weeks ago, uh, Noah was just like, he, he likes playing with our remotes and just started mashing the um, Apple TV remote and somehow turned on Nomadland. Uh-huh. <laughs> Noah gets it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know say, how he managed to do it, but he's on board. I will say, it has some beautiful images that a baby would probably be pretty into of like mountains and yeah. birds and waterways and um, um, another but another thematic constant with uh, First Cow that is also sort of about how yes. harsh, harsh, but beautiful yes. um, yeah, yeah. the American West can be. So um, shout out to both of those movies in that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So yeah. that will do it for us today. Um, I think given, is it First Cow then as our consensus best picture? I'll allow it. Is it Lover's I don't Rock? think anything... I don't think any any of them made all three. Yeah, I, 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 because a lot of us made choices to leave things off. I, I don't think I don't think any of us had. There's any movie that's on all three of our lists. Yeah, thing is, Lovers Rock was both three and three for Nick and I, and then you yeah, left and it was it my off. eleven. 
because yeah i made it 11 okay but i but i had had it as high as five during the year so a lover's rock is probably the one that uh and nick where did you rank nomadland i it was outside my top 10 uh not that far out it was number 12 okay um then yeah where would you have had time i say if time qualified for you dylan we probably all would have had time oh yeah the thing is with both Time and Dick Johnson was they were both right at the bottom of the mm. 10 for okay. me. And so I was like, I want to have Minari and One Night in Miami or On the Rocks in there. Um, so what I'll, I'll just do is I'll uh, shout those movies out in, two, in another category, director and scene, <laughs> instead yeah. of uh, do picture. I think what so. we've learned is that there were a lot of very good movies last year. A lot of yeah. love to go around. Yeah. Go watch movies, people. Do it. Um, movies are good. So, We'll say first cow is the uh, first year's win- best picture winner for the Eberts. <laughs> Good lord, give me another. I'll give you six ingots for that last one. I taste London in this game. We have to take what we can when the taking is good. It seems dangerous. So is anything worth doing? A royal cow. She barely produces a thing. Some people can't imagine being stolen from. Let's hope he's one of those. We got a window here, Cookie. History isn't here yet. It's coming, but maybe this time we can take it on our own terms. Uh, so. Sadly rejected by the Oscars. Uh, what do they know? What do they know? So that will end us here for today. You can find us at Twitter and Letterboxd at Great Movies Pod. And uh, thank you to Scott Brady for tweet our artwork. You can find him at S Brady Artist on Twitter. And that should be all. Roger out. Roger, Roger out. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. If anyone's curious what I bleeped out during the best scene section of the podcast, um, spoilers for World of Tomorrow 3 and for Minari, the World of Tomorrow 3 one was, I said, the Davids just absolutely killing each other. And the Minari one was where I said, just barn burning. That's what I labeled it. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully you didn't listen to that. And I didn't spoil the movie for you. Oh, God. Just uh, go watch movies.